Fracture prints your digital photos directly onto glass, making your favorite moments come alive in vivid color. Hand-assembled in the USA, Fracture glass prints are a unique and beautiful way to display and share your favorite moments. Simply upload your photo at FractureMe.com, select your size, and your glass print will be shipped to you, ready to hang with just one screw. Use code POD15 to get 15% off your order today. That's code POD15 at FractureMe.com. This is an X-Squad Affiliate Podcast. X-Squad The number one chief rocket jersey firm. Lonely Hunts Cafe. Spicy Conversations. Vince Wright, the sports governor from Minnesota. Man, Daly Young. Microwave. Reggie Long, aka Dollars and Cents. My name is Nathan Ivy. The Sports Bar, also known as Stacy Sports Radio. Stick to my rules, sir. Law 700. Your boy, DJ Kupa. BS3 Sports Show. This is DJ Queen from the X Squad. Radio Podcast. Tasty Talk with Anna De Leon. Let's go, give it to you. It's going to be called The Barbershop.
get all these horrible sports takes. Yo, what's poppin', y'all? It's your boy Trey Frazier here with the Barbershop Sports Talk Podcast. Live right here on the website, www.barbershopsportstalkpodcast.com. For you live listeners out there, make sure y'all go to the website, go to the homepage, click on the play button, and you'll get our episode right there. And also, if you want to join the chat room, you can click on the chat bubble. It'll take you right to the chat room, and you can chop it up with me while I do this show this evening. Um, Also, if you want to follow us on social media, we got the Twitter account at barbershop spor2 we got the instagram account at barbershop sports talk podcast and we also got the facebook page as well and also you can follow us on our youtube channel uh make sure you subscribe to that and also if you want to call me tonight throughout the show the number to hit me up is 301-928-9649 um I just want to send a shout out to the live listeners that uh, tune in, you know, every week with, uh, you know, me and Maestro, who, by the way, Maestro Styles, my co-host, is out on assignment at his job or whatever. And so it's going to be me, your boy Trey Frazier, holding it down for the next couple of hours. Um, Appreciate you joining me here. Um, I just got to apologize because I, I actually got off to a rough start here um it just seemed like god didn't want me to do this podcast this evening so i'm at the office and as i'm getting ready to leave it starts pouring down rain and i got in the car and it's just puddles everywhere people are just driving crazy traffic is slower than normal and so that kind of hampered me then when i get home i go to my street and my not my driveway, but my street, my street, because we were kind of closer to the den, dead end part of the street. And so, um, fortunately, uh, my wife and the kids were going right toward the house. And I just happened to pull up right behind them. And this guy who was trying to get his car to work um, was blocking the street. And so we kind of had to come to a halt. I pulled around my wife to get in front of her and I saw the guy, he was trying to get his car. It seemed like it looked like he was stuck and I got out the car. He was like, yo, can you help me out? And so I said, okay, I'll, you know, I'll help you out, whatever. So apparently his car couldn't go into reverse. So we kind of had to push his car out of the neighbor's grass. It wasn't that deep into the yard but it was just kind of deep enough to where it was just so difficult because the car wouldn't go into reverse and so he just put it in neutral we gave it a few pushes enough umps just to you know get it rolling and then we were able to kind of clear him out of there and so you know my wife and the kids could just continue down the street to the house and i just pulled up you know right behind them and so after that getting the house get upstairs here in the uh in the man cave here and i turn the laptop on and there's absolutely no one um th- there's absolutely nothing that i can get off the laptop here like it, it was just like it was frozen or something or like it, it the main screen wouldn't come on so i immediately went over to my backup laptop just to prep just to just in case 
my laptop that I normally use for the show wasn't working. And it took a couple of tries, but I finally got the laptop going together. And then before you know it, you know, time had kind of passed by. And so it kind of was like, hey, you know what? I'm just going to have to start at a later date here. And I know, you know, to all you live listeners and to everybody else that um, listens on demand, we normally start this show 7 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. And, you know, because Maestro wasn't here and because I thought I had some free time to prepare, some extra time, I gave it a one hour ahead of schedule bump start to 6 p.m. And I ended up starting, what, about 6.20, 6.22 or something like that. And so, you know, that, that, that kind of, you know, sucks on, on that front. And, um, you know, but I'm here. You know, thank God I'm breathing. I'm healthy. I'm um, excited to do this show. Um, just want to let you guys know, you know, what I got coming up here on the show. So we're going to be talking um, Kelvin Benjamin and what he had to say about Cam Newton over the past week. Um, also, my Yankees got swept by the Red Sox, by the the hated Red Sox. I, I can't stand Boston teams. Um, so we're gonna I'm gonna talk about that a little briefly. Also, you know, the Hall of Fame speeches. Um, I know I said last week I wasn't very excited about listening to Ray Lewis's speech. I would rather be more interested in what Brian Dawkins had to say. But I ended up catching, you know, most of the speeches, including part of T.O.'s speech at his alma mater. So, you know, I'll give you my thoughts on that. And then plus, um, I got a guest coming on with me in maybe, I'd, I'd say, maybe 30 minutes, 30, 35 minutes. Um, he's host of the Bridging the Gap podcast, um, which you can find on Facebook. He's got a Facebook page. I know that. Um, he goes by the name of Coach B. I, I think he's from the western part of Pennsylvania, which ultimately to me sounds like he's a Pittsburgh Steelers fan and you know, you know me as a Ravens fan. I hate anything and all things Pittsburgh Steelers. So, um, so we're gonna talk with him. We're gonna talk to him about his podcast. Um, we're gonna talk to him about, um, you know, some of the things he's got going on with his youth football thing going on. He's also starting up starting up a media company. He's also gonna be doing, um, you know, some things. Um, you know, down the road. And he's also, like I said, he's a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. And uh, he's also a New York Knicks fan by surprise. So, hey, at least at least we have something in common right there, you know. So, um, so all in all, we're going to get to all that. Um, and, oh, actually, I, I do want to preview you guys on this also. Um, we we, we got to have a serious conversation, y'all. Um, Blake Griffin has been ordered to pay a massive amount of child support per month for his child. And that seems to be stirring up some controversy. Well, not so much controversy, but it seems to be stirring up some conversations around the communities on Facebook, all over social media. So we, we, we got to have a serious, serious conversation about, um, Blake Griffin and the child support situation and how the system is kind of flawed. So I'm, I'm going to get into that and I'm interested to get you guys opinions on that as well. So we got a, we got a packed show. Um, I'm going to read some chat 
and uh, look who we have here. I got the homie BS3 Sports and Music. That's uh, that's the homie Ben. Uh, he reps the X Squad up in here. So Ben, I appreciate you joining me in the chat room. And last but not least, and I, I, I thought I'd have a pretty full chat room here, but I, I guess because of the early start time, I guess Cats is not used to me or Maestro starting at 6.30. Uh, the lovely Miss Mocha Bella, who reps the X Squad, is in the building, y'all. Just want to say happy, happy birthday to Mocha Bella. She, she deserves all the well wishes. I had a chance to call uh, Chief Rock a show earlier today to, uh, you know, give us, give her some pretty good, nice words, you know, birthday wishes and all and everything like that. And so and so but Mocha, now that I got you here in the chat room and I, I, I thought you'd kind of be with your, you know, with your man, you know, later on tonight. Um, but I'm glad I'm glad you, you know, took some time to get in the chat here because I do have sort of a special kind of tribute for you and i'm gonna kind of twist this segment into a little bit of fun here so i want to you know go ahead and play this for you since since i know you are uh of jamaican descent wagwan wagwan Shout out to the lovely Miss Mocha Bella repping the X Squad. Yes, Mocha Bella, that's what you are. You are you are a walking trophy. You you that's exactly what you are, Miss Mocha. You are a walking trophy. Um, so again, shouts out to the lovely Miss Mocha Bella on her birthday today. Um, uh, I see the homie H Rap B. I think that's my uh, I think that's my buddy from Shottown uh, who's got the end of the bench podcast right there. So H uh, Rap B. Welcome to the chat, man. If that's you, appreciate you joining in. Um, but but uh, getting back to Mocha Bella for a minute here, and like I said, I was gonna try to you know dedicate you know this to her because it's her birthday, and you know for some of the people that don't know, uh, Mocha Bella is of ha- of Jamaican descent, and also yesterday was Jamaica's Independence Day, so you know I want to shout out. The whole Jamaican massive, you know, I got love for the culture, grew up around it, you know, back in my days in Brooklyn, New York, Um, you know, just just want to shout out the culture for, you know, for the Jamaicans and all that out there. Um, But I want to get you guys um, take on this. And I I thought this be a pretty fun uh, little segment here. And, you know, if you if you're listening and you can't get to the chat right away, um, you know, you can jump back in the chat a little bit later. But. In, in honor of Mocha Bella's birthday, the fact that she's of Jamaican descent and the fact that it was Jamaican Independence Day, I need you guys to give me, A, your best Jamaican actor slash actress of all time, 
be your best Jamaican athlete of all time, C, your best Jamaican musician of all time, and D, your best Jamaican fictional character of all time. So again, I'll, I'll, I'll say it once again, in, in honor of Mocha Bella's birthday, her Jamaican culture, Independence Day for Jamaica yesterday, give me your best Jamaican athlete of all time, give me your best actor slash actress of all time, Give me your best Jamaican, I'm missing something, best Jamaican musician of all time and your best Jamaican fictional character uh, of all time. So um, so I thought that'd be a pretty good, you know, fun thing to do. And I'll give you guys mine um, just a little bit later in the show here. But um, let me uh, let me start off with the NFL Hall of Fame speeches. And I'll be honest with you. I didn't watch the entire thing. I was not about to sit through two hours of just people talking. I actually took my kids to the playground while my wife went to go to a barbecue at a co-worker's house. And so I did that, came back home, got the kids cleaned up. And it had just so happened that Brian Dawkins was the next one up front to go do his speech. So... I'm sitting there watching, and I think a couple of things. I, I, I'll take a couple of things from Brian Dawkins' speech. Uh, number one, the fact that he had to put out there that he was going through some depression during his earlier playing years, I thought that was pretty bold. I thought it was pretty brave of him to come out and kind of put the awareness out there, being that other athletes like DeMar DeRozan, Kevin Love, just to name a few, were the ones that were kind of putting that out there. And so for Brian Dawkins to have this platform and put the awareness out there that, hey, you know, if you got depression, you know, let somebody know you're not alone. Just, you know, let's just put the awareness out there so that people don't um, commit suicide as much as, you know, as the rate is right now. We could save lives by just putting the awareness out there. And so... I got to shout out Brian Dawkins for doing that. And then the one other thing that he did, um, which was really, you know, which was really good, is when he announced his wife and his wife was sitting right there. Um, he talked about her having the Hall of Fame, not the Hall of Fame jacket. I think he said something to the effect of that. I have a Hall of Fame wife. And, and I thought that was pretty cool. I mean, she even had somebody put on this i guess some kind of shawl it was it was kind of a gold shawl you know put being put around her and so i i I thought that was pretty neat of brian dawkins to actually do that and so you know that that's that's really good right here i just want to say what's up to the homie big l repping the x squad uh yeah man i'm i'm riding dolo this evening man um you know maestro has some things to uh take care of as far as work goes so it's your boy Trey in here holding it down solo for the next uh, couple of hours, hopefully. I had a had a pretty late start here, but I'm here and uh, I'm getting ready to get this thing rocking. Um, now, over to Randy Moss, and he was the next one in line after Brian Dawkins. Um, a couple of things from Randy Moss um, I want to point out. Uh, number one, I love the fact that he told all the people back in West Virginia, which was his hometown. I, I think the name of the town is Rand, uh, R-A-N-D, West Virginia. 
I love the fact that he gave a shout out to the people back home and that he was going to have his gold jacket be on display at the Charlestown Town Center, which I, obviously I think that's Charlestown, West Virginia. I'm pretty familiar with that spot. I think they have like a casino and a bunch of other, you know, tourist stuff there. But the fact that he was able to do that and he actually showed up. From from what I heard, he actually showed up the following day, 4.30 in the afternoon, display of his Hall of Fame gold jacket, and I heard the fans was, you know, was pretty excited and pretty pumped up about that. So, you know, Randy Moss, I thought, did a really good thing right there. And then the other thing that I, I thought caught my eye about Randy Moss was the, and, and, and this is kind of cliche because I, I think that every athlete who's, you know, whether you play basketball, baseball, football, or, you know, whatever other sport you play professionally, there's a lot of time away from your family. There's a lot of time away from your kids. And so what he was able to display was, hey, look, you know, there's times that I haven't been there, but now I got all the time you need. You know, daddy's going to be there and, you know, uncle's going to be there. I, I noticed a bunch of kids, like when, when the camera would shoot toward his family, it was about maybe six or seven kids. And then I realized he had said something to the effect of um, Uncle Randy. And then I was like, oh, OK, so some of those kids are actually either nieces or, you know, nieces and nephews. And then I know he's got the oldest son, the one that actually was on stage before he came out to do his speech. And, you know, I, I, I think that's hot, man. I mean, when you got kid, when you're taking care of your family, I mean, he ain't just talk, we ain't just talking about his immediate family. We talking about daughters, sons, nieces, nephews. I mean, that that's hot, man, when you can provide for an entire family like that. So I, I got to give a big, big shout out to Randy Moss with his speech and I thought his speech and it was going to be tough because Brian Dawkins absolutely slayed his speech. I mean, from the energy, from the jump. Um, and, and you knew that's what you was going to expect of him. And, and that's why I anticipated watching his speech because as passionate of a guy as Brian Dawkins is, I knew he was going to come out and just give it his all like he did on the football field for so many years for the Eagles and then a little bit for the Broncos, you know, so that was going to be a tough follow-up for Randy Moss, but I, I thought Randy Moss held his own. I, I, I really, I really thought Randy Moss held it down right there. Now, Ray Lewis, and let me be clear about this. I'm a diehard Ravens fan. You know, been a Ravens fan since I moved to Maryland, you know, many, many years ago from New York. Um, Ray Lewis, one of the all-time great linebackers in the history of the NFL. Um, one of the great uh, leaders of all time. One of the great ambassadors for, you know, and let me be clear. I am nowhere near, I am not a Baltimore guy in terms of, you know, being from Baltimore a Baltimorean. I'm I'm not from the city. However, I can respect the fact that an athlete can put a city back on the map in the way that he helped put Baltimore back on the map, you know, in the early two thousands, you know, with you know, when all the music with Drew Hill came out 
and, you know, some of the other cats. You know, Ray Lewis helped put the city of Baltimore, you know, back on the map as far as popularity around the country. So I give him partial credit for that. But, man, I got to tell you, I did not look forward to Ray Lewis's Hall of Fame speech. As a, as a diehard Ravens fan, I, I did not look forward to the speech. And, and I'll tell you why. From the stuff that's been like away from the field, and 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 this is stuff while he was retired, you know, from the whole stuff with Kaepernick to you know the stuff with him pairing up with I think it was him, was it him, Steve Harvey, and Jim Brown? Was it the three of them that went to go see Donald Trump that one time? It was it was like immediately after Trump got elected, and you know we 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 thought. You know, okay, what's this about? And then, you know, kind of find out, you know, there's there's been some suspect cooning going on. I'm not going to call nobody a coon. I'm just saying that, you know, there's been some suspect things. I mean, even guys, you know, even guys, in a, you know, in the black community have kind of turned on Jim Brown. So with Ray Lewis, he's, he's had some suspect stuff away from the field. Um, you know, during his retirement that, you know, just, and, and, and just, just the stuff that he was saying was just, you know, like, you know how he get when he's in a huddle and he's got to, you know, rile up his teammates and all that stuff. And sometimes like you're trying to get what he's saying, but you actually don't get what he's saying at times. And so that, that was one of the reasons why I didn't really look forward to it. But right after Randy Moss went and Ray Lewis was up, I said, okay. I, I guess I'm going to watch this thing. And the first thing that they announced, they, they went to the break and they show Ray Lewis with an earpiece on. And I'm like, oh, here we go. Here we go. He's going to he's going to outdo because I'm telling I'm telling you, Brian Dawkins kind of stole the night until Ray Lewis wore this earpiece. And I'm like, this dude is about to undo himself. He he just he just can't help himself, but and and, and then I, I I think somebody mentioned to the effect that this was the first time in the history of the Hall of Fame induction that somebody would do a speech walking up and down the stage without actually being at the podium. So I'm like, oh, leave it to Ray Lewis, leave, leave it to that guy to break that kind of record. I mean, and 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 is anybody surprised really? I don't think so. I don't, I don't think anybody's really surprised, you know, so. Um, but to, to, to kind of get to his speech, though, um, just a couple of things. Um, obviously, he was trying to take he was trying to take y'all to church. I mean, I, I, I thought that they was going to start passing out the collection plate um, the way he was, you know, going up and down. The dude was sweating. He was, you know, throwing his hands up. He was it, it was it was almost like he was T.D. Jakes. It was almost like he was Joel Osteen. Well, Joel Osteen is not as demonstrative of a preacher as like a you know a, a T.D. Jakes or a, or Jamal Bryant or somebody like that. But you just knew once that earpiece went on. I'm like, yo, he gonna, he gonna start preaching, or he's gonna start to demonstrate like he was a preacher. And sure enough, that's what he did. Now, two things. Um, number one, Ray. You, you you can't put out there in public that you still kiss your kids in the mouth. I mean, I understand that's your children. I, I understand that, you know, those are those your babies and all that. And I understand the road you, how far you've come to up to this point. 
but your your kids was like uh, like pop like don't don't put that out there like i mean even his daughters was like uh eh, you you don't want to put that out there you know so that that was kind of weird in 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 a, in a sense and then the other thing that i thought was interesting and i'm a, i'm a, i'm gonna tie something else to this but let me let me get to this point he brought up his roommate and I, I don't remember the roommate's name. His roommate from when he was back at the U. I don't know how he died or got killed or whatever. But um, the guy's, his roommate's mother just happened to be there in the stands watching Ray Lewis do his speech. And so Ray Lewis gave his mother a shout out. And I kind of thought that that was going to be sort of like the segue towards addressing the situation that happened back in 2000 in Atlanta with uh, the two brothers that got uh, stabbed and killed at the nightclub. And, uh, you know, Ray got caught up in all that. Um, actually was charged with obstruction of justice. And then somehow, you know, and I, and I, and I still kind of get this story confused a little bit because there's always one side that people want to say and then there's always another side that folks are like, no, 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 that didn't happen. Um, but... You know, long story short, he got caught up in that mess. Um, the boys got killed. Um, his friends, I think, got off, if I'm not mistaken. I think the court declared the situation a self-defense situation. And so I thought that Ray was going to address the parents to those gentlemen that got killed. And he didn't go there. And so I was like, oh, okay. So he mentioned his roommate's mother, you know, his roommate being killed, but not, you know, the mother of the mothers of the guys that got harmed, you know, back in 2000. So it's like, okay, ah, I just left it alone. And then all throughout the internet that weekend, um, I, I, I kept noticing an article from, and I, I want to pull this article up. I don't even know where my, oh, here's my phone. I wanted to pull this article up because um, this kind of came out over the weekend prior to the All-Star, prior, not the All-Star game, prior to the Hall of Fame speech. And it was a guy who was covering the Ravens when they went to the Super Bowl five years ago. And the guy, and I'm, I'll, I'll get his name for you guys. And I mean, the article was pretty much all over the place, um, you know, over the weekend. But he basically, I think the I think the title of the article was how folks have kept Ray Lewis in this bubble all these years. And to just kind of sum it up, this writer basically goes on and admits that he went beyond his kind of code of ethics to ask Ray Lewis about what happened in 2000, 13 years later. You know, 13 years later, meaning, you know, the Super Bowl that they went to five years ago. And Ray Lewis, um, to kind of sum it up short, kind of told him, kind of told him off. Like, you know, like, why are you asking me this, you know, 13 years later, whatever. And then, you know, the PR people from the Ravens got involved. And then they said, oh, yo, you know, you know, Ray's off limits and you got to get up on out of here. And, you know, I think the rest of the article kind of went into a sense that. Um, it was saying that PR, the Ravens, the league, and 
maybe certain other journalists that were close to the Ravens situation kind of kept Ray Lewis from being able to ask those kind of questions. Because I, I think there's an audience out there that still feels like Ray hadn't addressed the situation that happened in 2000. I mean, you can make of it what you will. I kind of feel like if it went to court and it went through the process and the jury found them not guilty or whatever, then, you know, okay. You know, they, they, they toughed it out in court. It didn't go the way of what hopefully, you know, the mother um, was going to get justice for that. It didn't go her way. Um, apparently, I guess she got paid off by Ray Lewis and company. And, you know, that was that. And so I get a sense from a lot of fans who don't like Ray Lewis that Ray Lewis has to address this still, you know, what are we now, 2018? So what we're talking 17, 18 years, like like people still feel like Ray Lewis has to address this. And I don't know how I feel about it yet, because I feel like it already went to court. And then, you know, the other part of it is, is that some people feel like he didn't do punishment for that. Like he didn't like like kind of the way Michael Vick served his time for the dogfighting stuff. They want Ray Lewis to go through some type of punishment for what happened with those two guys down in Atlanta. And, you know, again, I don't know how, I don't know how I feel about it. I mean, is he, is Ray Lewis questionable off the field when it comes to certain things? Yeah. Yeah. You could definitely say that, um, on the field, the dude's a monster on the field, you know, one of the, one of the greatest, um, definitely the face of the Ravens, one of the greatest Ravens in the history of the team, um, one of the best linebackers to ever play the game. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I can't. It, it's hard for me to really, you know, pick a, pick a side because, you know, on one hand, the courts, you know, did what they had to do. And then on the other hand, you got, you know, people on social media wanting to hear more. Like, yo, like, you know, what happened to the white suit? You know, what? why you why you sold your boys up the river? You know, like, you know, it seems like there's questions answered. And then, you know, and then the next thing you know, it, it, it just seems like, you know, it's like he has to like and, and make no mistake about this. I mean, even if fans and people that hate him feel like he's addressed it already. He, this is going to follow him forever. No matter how much he proclaims the religion, no matter how much he can Bible thump, no matter how much he, you know, claims to God. And, and oh, this, this was ridiculous, I thought, during his speech. When he said that the squirrel dance, when he would move one side and move to the other side, that it was the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. I'm just shaking my head like Ray. Ray, you, you know damn well that when you started that squirrel dance, that was not <laughs> on your mind. You know during that Super Bowl year that that was not on your mind, bro. Uh, I, I'm sorry. I, 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 can't, I can't buy that. And, and, and I want to give a shout out to, um, and, and let me go to the chat room for a minute because I got I to gotta get some folks here in the chat involved. Um, D Greatest from South Central. He's an ex-squad affiliate, man. Appreciate you. Appreciate you in the chat room, man. Um, Angry Black Man, what's going on, man? Uh, you got a good show going on. I think it's called um, Something in the Paint 
with uh, Doc Bell. So uh, appreciate you, angry black man. He says, uh, Ray is a monster on the field and Buckhead with a knife and a, and a complete clown when discussing race, the anthem and his pregame dance. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing with the, you know, with the dance and how we explain that, that just came off as like, all right, Ray, you, you're just doing too much right now. I'm sorry, bruh. I uh, just want to say what's up also to Rough Buff. He just came up in here repping the X-Squad. Uh, also, the homie Melvin. What's going on, man? Appreciate you, man. Um, I, I saw some other cats come up in here. Let me see who else uh, might have. Uh, I think that was it. I think that was it. Um, oh, Mocha Bella. Yeah. So, in, in case you guys are late in the chat room, um, I, w- I was dedicating this um dedicating Mocha's birthday because of her Jamaican roots and the fact that it was Jamaican Independence Day yesterday to um, give me your top, um, give me your best Jamaican athlete of all time, your best Jamaican actor slash actress, your best Jamaican fictional character, and your best Jamaican musician. So um, Mocha Bella says, um, Shirley Ralph, um, Usain Bolt, uh, Shaba Ranks. Um, those are some pretty good choices. Um, Shirley Ralph, who played Moesha's mother uh, years ago on Moesha, and she 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 still looks uh, she still looks pretty good um, for her age. Um, and she she's still doing some acting, you know, from what I hear. And so you know that definitely definitely a shout out. Uh, Usain Bolt, no no question there. Uh, Shaba Ranks, um, the best Jamaican musician of all time. Uh, I feel you, Mocha, but. Uh, you'll be interested to hear, you know, my list um, in a little bit. So, um, uh, Mocha, she also said uh, David Kano was a fictional character. Um, you got to let me do- know who David Kano was and, and, and where that was from. Because that name doesn't um, quite ring a bell to me. So, um, let me see. Let me see who else is up here in the chat room. Uh, angry Black Man. Um Says you're spending too much time on Ray. He's a fraud. Negro said the crime rate dropped when he played football for the Ravens. Oh yeah, I I did read that, angry black man. That was another thing I just kind of shook my head at. Uh, he's a pure clown, great football player, but he is like a lot of other folks, using the greatest hustle ever, religion, for his own benefit. And then him explaining his pregame dance, lifetime Negro please award, cooning into the Hall of Fame to use. <laughs> So, angry black man, you want you one of those Ray haters, and I, I I can't blame you if you're talking about the stuff that's away from the field. I I, I can't blame you. Uh, BS3 says Ray Ray with the sermon. Um, let me see. D greatest from South Central says most of the time I get emotional during the Hall of Fame, but Ray did not move me like I thought it would. Um, I could see that. I could see. And again, I I thought Brian Dawkins had a better speech. I thought he was to, I thought he was straight to the point. He didn't do anything outstandish. He didn't do anything extra. I mean, he was himself. So, you know, if Brian, I mean, if you weren't moved by Brian Dawkins' speech, then I don't know if you got a pulse or not. But, but that was one great, excellent speech by Brian Dawkins there. Uh, let me see who else. Uh, RC in the chat. Um, what's what up, RC? Uh, Ray Lewis used to be my favorite linebacker of all time. Great player, but he comes off as phony. 
Uh, can't blame me for that comment for sure. Um, D Greatest from South Central says Ray is cool. I've seen a lot of hate on the internet over the weekend. Yeah, you definitely saw that. Um, angry black man, but he's a definite great linebacker, no doubt. First ballot Hall of Famer. And um, D Greatest, he also says, still need to. Oh, oh, so you you didn't get a chance to see Dawkins' speech yet? Well, bruh. You you need to go search that joint hard. I mean, it's probably on YouTube, but you definitely have to check out his speech. That that was one great speech right there. Um, Rough Buff in the chat says, Baller Award to Randy Moss for taking the corn rolls into the Hall of Fame. So, yeah, so the so the Hall of Fame bust, um, that, that is kind of dope, though, that they put corn rolls on randy moss because i mean let's face it when he was playing during his day he had corn rolls i mean even when he was with the patriots he had corn rolls so you know you had to put that there so I, I like what the league did there um you know great move by them uh the greatest from south central says do y'all think randy should have gave chris carter a shout out um you know i don't know how i feel about that and i might have missed that when i was listening to his speech um, but it would have been nice. I mean, I mean, Vikings, those teams that they had 1998 and 2000, those were some great teams. Um, Chris Carter was a part of that for sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I guess, I, I guess Chris Carter could have gotten a shout out. Um, I don't, I don't think it is. Did Chris Carter come off as kind of a bit like, you know, salty that Randy didn't shout him out? Is that is that something you heard? Let me let me know. Let me know what you think about that. Um, Angry black man says, "I love Ray, the football player. Him talking football when he played got me fired up to play again." But post playing days, Ray is way out there in a sunken place. Yeah, yeah, bro. It, it's it's looking like that. I mean, I, I have no argument about that. Um, RC in the chat, and RC, I, I think you're pretty close to the situation since you're up in Minnesota. Uh, he says, Chris Carter is very similar to Ray Lewis in some ways. When Carter played, he was very religious. But when he didn't get inducted into the Hall of Fame, he went on Michael Irvin's radio show and ripped the Hall of Fame voters. But yet, he had a huge problem with T.O. complaining about not being inducted. Hypocritical and phony. Yeah, I, I don't remember Chris Carter um, you know, doing that. But that's a nice segue to um, to T.O.'s speech. And I'm I'm kind of disappointed. Well, I'm I'm disappointed in two ways. Number one, Terrell Owens should have picked up the phone and called LeBron James or Maverick Carter and said, "Hey, I'm doing my speech and my alma alma mater in Tennessee. What's up, guys? I know y'all got the uninterrupted network. I feel like money could be made on both sides. Let's televise this thing. Let's put this on the internet. Get it out on uninterrupted." And, you know, let's let's make money together because I, I, I would have loved for the speech to be, you know, if if not broadcasted, at least videotaped. And then, you know, we could watch it on demand on, you know, LeBron and Maverick Carter's um, their podcast network or something like that. Um, I would I would have loved for that union to kind of take place because now I'm only getting to see bits and pieces of his speech. And and the other thing that I'm kind of kind of disappointed, and I'm interested to get you guys take on this. Um, I I didn't have a problem with him doing his speech 
away from all the festivities. I didn't have a problem with that. Um, my thing was was that if Tio was going to change his mind and go ahead and do it anyway, at the at you know in Canton, that he would take a shot at the sports writers, the journalists, the people that you know mistook his te- mistook his character for something that it wasn't. I would have liked for him to do that in Canton. The fact that he did it away from Canton at his school. I'm kind of like, man, you know, I, I would have wished you would have just, you know, did your speech, do your thing, think who you have to think. And, I mean, sure, you want to put the awareness out there that if guys after you want to, you know, kind of pursue this avenue towards doing a Hall of Fame speech, then that's cool. But I didn't think he was going to, you know, fire some shots at him. I I, I didn't think he was going to do that, you know. So, to me... I would have liked T.O., if he was going to fire shots, let him fire shots in Canton and not at his school. So, you know, that you know that's kind of how I feel about T.O.'s speech. But, I mean, nonetheless, I mean, let's be clear. T.O. is a future Hall of Famer. He should have got in on the first ballot. And the writers, the journalists, they screwed him all because, you know, they felt like, oh, he was a distraction to the football team, all the stuff in his driveway, you know, the stuff with the Cowboys, the Niners, the Eagles, all that stuff. And, you know, they kept him out for a couple of years. And so this is sort of T.O.'s way of kind of protesting the Hall of Fame process and saying, you know what, screw you, you guys screwed me. I'm going to screw you back. I'm not going to show up. I'm going to show up someplace else where my family, friends, and people closest to me can get to me. Now, I saw a good point in social media. Somebody had mentioned that opportunities as far as networking are kind of blown because families lost the right, or not the right, but families lost the opportunity to meet other NFL players, meet other people, meet other folks that are connected to the game of football, you know, that kind of thing. I I, I get that. I, I totally get that. But at the end of the day, T.O. is about T.O. You know, I mean, he even said it <laughs> during his speech. He's, he's like, look, I, he said, look, I still love me some me. So, you know, this is this is this is about Terrell Owens. So, you know, uh, D. Greatest from South Central in the chat. He says T.O. should have fired shots at Canton. Do y'all think people would have booed? Um, yes. I think people would have booed. Um, I mean, it would have been split, though. I, I, I don't think it would have been like 80% boo, 20% no. I think it would have been like a 50-50 split. Um, speaking of booing, though, when Randy Moss was up there giving a shout-out to Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick, you heard about 95% of the crowd boo. And I'm just sitting here thinking like, when Tom Brady's time is up to come up and do this speech, I could imagine the amount of booze that'll take place during that guy's speech. Because the Patriots, you know, they're great. Don't get me wrong. Five Super Bowls in the last 15 years. But they got a lot of hatred from fans of the NFL. You know, I mean, if, if Kraft and Belichick can get booed off of a shout-out from Randy Moss... 
I can imagine when Belichick goes up to do his speech one day. I can imagine when Tom Brady goes up to do his speech one day. They're going to get booed the hell off. I mean, they're not going to walk off the stage. They're not going to get booed off, but they're going to get booed. They, I mean, it'd probably be about 90% boos. So, you know, that, that's what made me really think about that. You know, once, uh, you know, once, T, um, once Moss gave the shout out to them. Um, RC in the chat says, Randy Moss was great rough. What are you talking about? He says, what about the message Moss sent with his tie? Oh, yes. Yes. I got to get to that, RC. Thank you for putting that there. Um, it had to be done. That's, that's pretty much all I got to say. It, it, it had to be done. When he was up there with Ray and Michael Irvin and Kurt Warner and those guys doing an interview, um, that had to be done. And I'm, and I'm sure people behind the cameras and, you know, cause this is the NFL network, you know, so I could, I could see some kind of like, oomph, like, like really like you doing this right now. Like I, I could see some of that happening behind the scenes and behind the cameras, but it had to be done. We, 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 we got to keep spreading the awareness that, you know, we still got issues in this country, um, relate race relations, social injustice, um, blacks at a disadvantage when it comes to spending money, when it comes to student loans, when it comes to real estate, things like that. That there, there's still that systemic racism that's taking place. And big love and big shout out to Randy Moss for putting that out there. So, um, and RC puts in the chat Dennis Green. Yeah, I, I love, I love the fact that he shouted out Dennis Green. Rest in peace. To the coach, the legend, the legendary line, the Bears are who we thought they were. That's why we put them on a the damn field. And if you want to crown them, crown their ass. <laughs> legendary Denny Green, right there. Rest in peace. So I, I, I love the fact that Moss shouted them out right there. Uh, let me see what else is here in the chat. Angry Black Man says, "Last point on Ray Lewis. Did anyone see his spray line and hair filling? He was rocking at the Hall of Fame." Um. Rough Buff says, Randy the Preacher was horrible during the Hall of Fame speech. Oh, and I guess that's what uh, RC was uh, responding to. Um, so, so all in all, you know, the, the speeches were good, you know. Um, I missed Earl Ackers and I missed the other guys. I, I guess those guys went first, but it, it, it just so happened that when I got home with the kids and um, turned the TV on after washing them up, that you know b Doc was the first one to you know go up and then from that point on you know some some pretty good things were said i mean ray lewis again i won't spend too much time on him um definitely some things that you're like yo what is he talking about but just little bits and pieces of his speech you can take with you and kind of use it throughout your personal life you know so i, I i'm not gonna um you know, I'm not going to cast size his entire speech, but definitely from everybody on Saturday night, there's a lot of things that you can take and apply to your life. So, you know, so shout out to the Hall of Fame class of 2018. And um, I, I want to I guess I want to get into um, get into this thing with Kelvin Benjamin and um Apparently at Bill's camp, because he's he's a Buffalo Bill now, uh, somebody asked him about, um, you know, where would he be at if he, you know, 
didn't get selected by the Panthers or something, uh, something to that effect. And basically he went on to say that he got drafted by the wrong team, which was the Carolina Panthers. And basically just said that, hey, look, you know, if I had a, a more accurate quarterback, you know, I'd probably still be there. I'd be more effective. I would do this. I would do that. And, you know, I mean, pretty much threw Cam under the bus. I mean, if, if you will, he pretty much gave him a, a, a bad shout out. Um, Kelvin Benjamin, I got, I got news for you, bro. I mean, and, I, and I've, I've liked Kelvin Benjamin since he came out. I, I liked, you know, the fact that he's over six foot, um, you know, can go up and get the ball. Um, not, not much speed with Kelvin Benjamin, but definitely I think his catch radius is okay. But, bruh, the year the Panthers went to the Super Bowl, you was out for the season. And in the times that you were there, I mean, the Panthers weren't as dominant, but, I mean, that might tell a tall tale. I don't think it tells the entire tale, but... I mean, for you to say that about Cam, and look, is Cam the most accurate quarterback? No, he's he's not the most accurate quarterback. But I thought they had something going there. I mean, it didn't look it, it didn't look as ugly of a football as people, I guess, portrayed to be, or or I guess if Kelvin Benjamin portrayed it that way. When I used to watch them play, it wasn't that bad. I mean, they actually looked okay. Um, but you know, the Panthers, obviously they wanted to move in another direction. They traded him to the bills and, you know, obviously, you know, he ain't got no quarterback, you know, to work with up there. I know they drafted the kid, Josh Allen, but you know, that, that has yet to be seen and really to get a feel for what Kelvin Benjamin is going to do, uh, later, you know, later on in his, you know, throughout his NFL career, but man, I don't know if you should be taking shots at Cam like that, bro, because Kelvin Benjamin, I still think you got something to prove. I, I, I really do. I, I really think that at this stage of your career, you've, I mean, I, I, I watched that play against the Chiefs a couple of years ago, man. You, you caught a pass and you got it stripped, you know, and, I'm, and I know I'm just calling out one play, but, you know, there's been other plays where, You've had some drop passes, maybe some easy catches that you weren't able to hold on to, that kind of a thing. And so I, I wouldn't I wouldn't go all out and dogging out your previous quarterback like that, especially when there were moments that, yeah, it looked like y'all were going to hit it off. But then there were also some moments where, you know, bro, like why you why are you dropping that easy pass? You know, I mean, that that's just how I feel about it. Uh, just want to say what's up to um, the homie Jungle Brother, man. What's, what's popping, Jungle? Pre appreciate you. Uh, D Greatest from South Central says Kelvin Benjamin is slow and salty. Um, he also says if Steve Smith never threw Cam under the bus, the Benjamin need to sit. Then Benjamin needs to sit down somewhere. And yeah, and and, I, and it's funny because when that whole story came out, um, Steve Smith was, I guess, doing some commentating on the NFL network and he was talking about, you know, what was going on there and and I'm I'm trying to remember what he said specifically about the situation, but you know, but kind of paraphrasing, he kind of went along with the idea that hey, you shouldn't be 
chastising, you know, Cam Newton. Like, you, you're not with that team no more. You know what I mean? Like, and I understand that they asked you the question, but, you know, there's a way to kind of go around that without, you know, throwing Cam under the bus. And so, you know, we came out bluntly, which, look, I, I respect guys that, you know, could come out and just, you know, be who they are, tell the truth the way they see it. I, I, I could respect that, you know, but Kelvin Benjamin, you, you need some more work, man. You, you, you definitely need to prove yourself. And being with the Buffalo Bills, I don't know how you're going to, you know, stand out because we, we don't know what the Bills are going to get out of that quarterback spot. So, you know, I, I would just kind of, you know, fall back and lay low for a minute there. Um, B says uh, showing up to camp at 280 doesn't help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, you can't be a, a six foot, uh, what is he, six foot eight or something like that. Can't be six foot eight and 280 as a receiver. And, and, and you're already slow. I mean, uh, I'm sure when he was, what, maybe 230 that he was slow. You're going to be even slower when you're 280. So, you know, you, you're going to have to, you know, slim down, man. You're going to have to, you know, do something there. Uh, just want to shout out, uh, got got a new uh, got a new person here in the chat room, Michael Snackson. Uh, I don't know if this is uh, somebody who was uh, disguising himself as somebody else or not, but if Michael Snackson, if you say who you are is who you are, welcome to the show, bruh. Appreciate you in the chat room. Um, D Greatest from South Central says he's mad that he's in Buffalo. And look, I, I got love for Buffalo. I, I, I got some friends up there. My wife's went to UB. She spent seven years there. We got some friends there. A little bit of family. So I, I got love for Buffalo. But yeah, when it gets minus three degrees come October all the way through May, then, yeah, I, I wouldn't want to be in Buffalo, too, especially if I had to play outdoors all the time. And that place gets cold. It gets cold, and every SUV on the block got to plow in front of their truck. That's that's how real it gets. They, they, they got to plow the streets because they ain't got enough trucks there to support. So I, I wouldn't want to be in Buffalo either. So, um, so folks, um, I got a phone line here if you want to dial the show. Um, if you want to talk some sports or whatever, uh, the number's two four. Not, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, wrong number for this week. Uh, the number's three zero one nine two eight nine six four nine. So if you want to holler at me, that's the number three zero one nine two eight nine six four nine. As a matter of fact, I'll go ahead and put that in the chat for you guys, so you don't call the wrong number. And uh, Oh my my bud my new buddy here Michael Snackson says uh, my bat y'all this is fame. <laughs> uh fame fame was 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 popping man. He says I changed the name from time to time. Did y'all change it up? Uh, we didn't change up anything here, bruh. Um, you know Maestro's out this week, so I'm holding it down for Dolo. Um, you know, if you want to call in, you know, that's the number to call in right there. But, um, I think fame, this is probably the first time that I've heard you change your name up. I don't think I've ever seen you change it up nowhere else. So you, 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 you kind of catching me off guard with that one. So, 
Um, so I'm gonna take a break here, and I'm gonna come back, and I'm gonna interview the co-host of the Bridging the Gap podcast. Uh, his name is Coach B. He's from Western Pennsylvania, and um, he's coached a lot of youth football, and he's also a big time, ugh, big time Pittsburgh fan. And but he does like the Knicks, though. So I, you know, I'm interested to talk to him. I'm going to ask him about his, you know, his teams and what their statuses are. Going to get get into some stuff with his podcast and see where he's at. And he's also got a media company that he's going to be starting pretty soon. So, so it'll be an interesting time, interesting conversation uh, right after the break. So uh, 301-928-9649 is the number to dial just for this week. And um, I'll be back, y'all. It's the Barbershop Sports Talk Podcast, live right here on the website, barbershopsportstalkpodcast.com. We'll be right back. Hey, what's up, everybody? Vince Wright. You know me as the sports governor. The ladies call me the big smooth one. But I'm coming to you live from Minneapolis, St. Paul, and we're bringing you sports done right every Tuesday night. Make sure you keep it tuned to Spreaker.com, XSquadAffiliates.com, and now proud to be associated with Two Live Stews Radio. I'm Vince Wright, the sports governor, and I approve this message. It's your world girly girl if you want wisdom comedy romance good music with the down home georgia flash you need to lock in every week you'll be telling your friends and family about your girl my girl girly girl x-squad affiliates Every Sunday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, it's all about the praise. It's Sunday morning inspiration, inspiration. on Spreaker.com and iHeartRadio. What's up, everybody? This is Ben from the BS3 Sports Show. And if you're looking for a different type of show, Something different that you haven't heard before. Check out the BS3 Sports Show every Saturday at 2 p.m. Central Standard Time on 2LiveStewsRadio.com. Great guests, great music. You never know who will be on the show. So check it out, 2 p.m. Central Standard Time on 2LiveStewsRadio.com. Alright y'all, we back here in the house y'all It's the Barbershop Sports Talk Podcast With myself, Trey Frazier Holding it down, Dolo uh, Maestro Styles is uh, out this week um, Just want to Shout out the homies in the chat room That just came up in here Got 334 Bama Boy And uh, the homie Grego uh, Says listen in, driving though uh, So I won't be able to shout you right back away Alright, that's what's up Grego Don't, uh, don't crash the car So uh, but I appreciate you both here coming in the chat room. Um, just wanna um, just wanna go ahead here and uh, introduce uh, my guest here on the line with me. Uh, we call him Coach B. He is the co-host of the Bridging the Gap podcast. 
um, which you can find on uh, Facebook. He's got a Facebook page for that. And he also does some youth football activities and other things like that. And so I uh, want to welcome Coach B to the show. Coach B, you there? Yeah, I'm here, bro. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, yeah, no problem, sir. So, um, so uh, let's, let's start off right here. Well, first of all, let me let me just say this because I I know you're you're a big time Pittsburgh Steelers fan. I want to let you know mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm a big time Ravens fan. So, Uh-oh. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be dog I'm gonna be dogging your team throughout this interview, or at least when we get to the topic of the Steelers, I'm gonna ask you some stuff about the Steelers in a minute, but I'm letting you know that, you know, it, it, it goes down like that, you know, and, and my, my co-host <laughs> and my co-host who's usually here, um, had to take off this week. He's a Pittsburgh Steelers fan as well. So, you know, me and him go oh. at it, me and him go at it every week during the football season. So, you know, I just wanted to get that out there, but, um, let me, um, let me give you an opportunity to talk about bridging the gap and what that's all about as far as the podcast is concerned. So um, let my listeners know exactly what that's all about. Uh, Bridging the Gap, it's an idea I had a a couple years ago. I had it in my brain to get it done. Um, And I just, I I couldn't find a proper co-host and co-creator for it because I was looking for a specific person. Um, And I finally ran across somebody. We're from two different backgrounds, totally different backgrounds, ages, race, you know, we have totally different um, ways we were raised. And the idea of the, the premise of the show is basically because communication is dead nowadays. So we're trying to bridge that gap in between, like, age difference, social differences, political difference, race, religion, gender, whatever it is, whatever issue that's, that's um, coming up. Because, you know, if you understand in this social media um, era that people yep. just ain't communicating no more. They're not, they're not communicating at all. So... We want to be able to understand the um, issues that people have between those type of um, areas, and we just have them conversations as much as possible. Okay, okay. And how long have you been doing this podcast now? Uh, we've been doing this for probably like since January. Since January. Oh, okay. So we just got started. What What we're doing with it basically, like. Um, we're on different like schedules right now so we don't have like a a set schedule which you really would probably need for a podcast so we just call it a show you know what i mean so right now we're going to just call it a show and then we're going to hopefully get down the um, line to make it a podcast okay that's what's up that's what's up that's what's up now um talk to me about because you would um you know we had a conversation a few days ago and you were talking about how you have experience with coaching uh, the youth in football. Um, so my, my question to you is, um, well, first off, two questions. Um, I'll get the first one out of the way regarding that. Um, tell us about the experience that you have with, you know, coaching the youth in football. Well, I, I, I always played football. I was always around football since I can remember, probably since like nine nine years old when you could first start putting the pads on right. probably was playing in the street, all that. But, um, I actually started coaching when I was like 19 years old and I started off with, you know, just assistant helping out. And then as I graduate, you know, gradually got a couple years in became assistant, became an offensive coordinator, then became a head coach, then just started developing a system 
you know, of, of teams. There's three at this particular point back home. I'm from Erie, Pennsylvania. Okay. There's three teams. There's three teams, you know, where you're running through a system from the youngest you get them, you know, teach them the fundamentals and keep moving, gradually moving up through that system to prepare them from high school. So it's, I got about 22 years of coaching. Right now I've been off for like a year and a half because I was just burned out. I just needed a break, you know, because it's – and you the the kids that we take, I take the trouble ones. So if, if you ever seen Last Chance You, you know, it's basically the kids that I get. I get the kids that, you know, have uh, behavioral issues in school. You know, the kids that just, you know, people just ain't giving that shot to. Instead of them having them um, – roaming around the streets doing nothing, I take those kids in and I do what I can with them to get them prepared for high school. Not just for football, but um, to uh, their education also. Okay, that's what's up. That's what's up. Um, just want to shout out um, the homie Chief Rock of Jersey, Vern, who's in my chat room. Um, just came up in here. He's probably going to have some questions regarding uh, youth sports because we've had a conversation about that maybe a couple of episodes ago um but my my also my other question to you regarding um coaching is that in in today's climate um particularly in the nfl there's a lot of rule changes that take place and it it caters more to the offense than the defense and so what i want to hear from you as a coach when you see things like this take place um like we just had the rule change with the helmet and we kind of got a first glimpse of that during the Ravens-Bears preseason game last week. We kind of got a first view of how that looks. And to me, it's going to be hell throughout the entire season if you're going to call something as simple as a clean hit that looks like he led with a helmet when it really wasn't. So that, right. that so that's, you know, that's going to be a little bit iffy. But from a coaching perspective, when you see changes like this being made and players have to adjust – to the way they play, how would you go about implementing the change for like, you know, kids that are 12, 13 years old that haven't even gotten to college yet, but were taught a certain way and now they have to adjust. But let me know what you think about that. Um, yeah, definitely. Rule number one with me is always safety. So if it's a rule change, especially at the kids level, I'm all for it. NFL, I, I don't, you know, that's a different story, but, yeah. uh, for the coaches, coaches level, if they've been taught a certain way up to that point, we just go back down and we break it back down and I walk through it over and over again until they understand it. So I basically take some time at that to make sure that they understand it. So it doesn't want it. Um, for their safety and two so it doesn't cost us in the game okay okay because I'd, I'd, I'd have to but think I, that oh go ahead but I really like it I'm all for like kids uh safety changes for the kids I'm all for it to make sure that they're properly doing what they're supposed to do so we could we could have uh less injuries possible yeah, I, I, I dig that, and I understand that because we're in a new age now when the technology is different that, you know, more seriousness needs to be taken seriously when it comes to the helmets, um, equipment, pads, and things like that. So I, I can understand, um, you know, putting safety as the first level of trying to make the game safer. I, I totally get that. Um, now let's get to these damn Steelers here. Um, yeah, let, let, let's get to these damn Steelers here. 
because <laughs> I, I think one of the I think one of the more frustrating things about your team, the, the way it's constructed right now, uh, I mean, aside from the fact that I hate them, is the fact that y'all underachievers. You have the best wide receiver in the game. You got the best running back in the game, and y'all, you know, y'all screwing around with that man's money. Um, so I, you know, I don't know how that situation is going to play out. I, I think this might be his last year with the Steelers. And you know, Ben is not the best quarterback in the league, but he's definitely still got some, you know, juice left in him. The offense is set, but defensively, y'all stink. The the, the secondary, you know, has you know the secondary is some trash. Um. You know, it's 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 much left to be desired. Um, the 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 Jacksonville playoff game, um, I, I I don't know. I mean, to to me, and and don't get me wrong, I, I was happy that Jacksonville won. But if if the Steelers are supposed to be these contenders, like people in the media say they are, you can't lose to Blake Bortles in the playoffs in your own stadium. You you, you can't do that. Right. Right. Yeah, um, definitely. Um, well, all I can, what I can say about that is, like, you guys, you, you can relate, too, because you guys had injuries last year. We lost our leader on defense that plugged those holes for us. Yep. And it was – and so when we when he went down, we did not have that plan B. And that's in football. That's one thing that I always go through. I go through plan B, plan C in case – Anybody falls, I got man down, man up, which is which is the New England Patriots that are good at. Yep. And yes, the Steelers have been underachieving, and I think I think a lot of that has to do with um, uh, the coaching staff. Also, I put a lot of blame on Mike Tomlin because he does make a lot of decisions that I don't agree with. I do not agree with. I'm a diehard I'm a diehard fan, but I'm going to call it like it is as a coach. I'm a football fan first, so. I'm a coach, and I see those decisions he makes that puts us in a bad decision. I mean, in some bad spots that we got to come out of. And Le'Veon Bell, that whole scenario. I mean, the Steelers are just known for not paying out the big money. They're only going to pay a couple people. So Ben and Antonio got that first up, and they were just looking at Bell like you're asking for too much, which I don't think he really was because he was trying to up the value of the running backs, which I agree upon because you see it when Todd Gurley got his contract. Yeah. So. I think I think it's there's multiple things why the Steelers are under um, achieving, but that still don't mean we won't come out there and put something on on the Ravens. Don't ever get that messed up because you guys are underachieving also. I was happy though that you guys picked up uh, Lamar Jackson. I thought that was dope. Yeah. I thought and I thought and I, and I thought getting Robert Griffin was dope, giving him another shot. And they were, from my understanding, they were going to bring in um, Colin Kaepernick and give him a shot, but that fell through somehow. Maybe they got pressure from maybe um, the pressure from the NFL or whatever. I'm just, I think you guys have a class back organization. I can't stand you. I want to put, you know what I mean? I'm ready to um, <laughs> for the Steelers to, to knock you out the box. But I'm a football coach, so I respect, you know, good um, organizations. So. Okay. Well, two things. Um, one thing you, you brought up about Coach Tomlin, and I have a couple of guys in this chat. Oh, I'm not right now, but I, I do know some guys that, you know, listen to the show regularly that have a big issue with 
the way Mike Tomlin coaches the Pittsburgh Steelers. So you're not alone when you say, you know, Mike Tomlin makes some decisions that, you know, that kind of rub you the wrong way. Like I, I give you a perfect example and I'm trying to remember the year it was. I think it was 2015. It was the first Raven Steelers matchup in Pittsburgh on a Thursday night. And I think Vic was the quarterback because something happened to Ben. I can't remember, but Vic was the quarterback and Mike Tomlin made some decisions like late in the third quarter that kept the Ravens in the game. And we ended up beating y'all, um, you know, but, you know, with a late field goal. I think, I think it went to overtime if I'm not mistaken. And, um, you know, Tomlin made some decisions with Vic that he shouldn't have made and it cost him the game. So I can understand where you're coming from when it comes to some of the decision making. But I tell you what, and this is coming from a Ravens fan. I would rather have Tomlin versus John Harbaugh. And that's coming from a true Ravens fan. Mm, that's interesting. Because the way I see it, because the way I see both those guys, Harbaugh and Tomlin, they're both to me one and the same. Like their their players gravitate to them individually, but uh-huh. they make some of the most boneheaded decisions, man. Like you know, like with Harbaugh, like kick the damn field goal. Why why are you going forward on fourth down when our offense is not that great? You know, right. you got the best. That, you got the best. The- you got the best kicker in football. Not in. Not you know on the team. You got the best kicker in football, and you're taking points from him because you want to go forward or fourth when you don't have to. Exactly. Yeah, Tomlin makes a lot of those decisions too. But and those overall are coaching decisions where you have to t- put your pride to the side, and you can't get in a in a uh, per se pissing match with the other coach because that's what I I noticed that I I do see a lot of uh, Harbaugh games and um, Raven games that I'm not sure if I've seen it enough to say that he does it as much as Tomlin. But Tomlin seems like he gets in a, uh, one of those pissing matches, and he thinks he has to do something because either another team did it or he wants to just give it to him. You have to put a pin in that to understand, yo, I got to win a football game, not just win this play. So as a, from a coach's point of view, you know, I see that, that those type of moves all the time and they just irritate me. So it's, if I, I don't, I've never seen really that many, I don't have, you know, the only really Ravens games that I see is the ones that we play. So I might right. see if it's like a Monday night or a Thursday night game or something, mm-hmm. but I haven't seen him match up in bad decisions with Tomlin, but if you you know that's your squad, so you 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 would know better than I do. So oh, dude, I mean Harbaugh. I mean when it comes to and I and I feel like he's inherited this from when he was coaching with Reed with the Eagles years ago. I, I, okay. His time management is terrible. I mean you, you've been yeah. a, you've been a coach in the league for. This is what your eleventh year with the team, and you're still terrible at time management. And that's a key time. Now that you're saying that, I do. I remember the discussions they were having about that too. They were having time management problems, and you got to know every situation that you're in on the field at all times. Your teams, your teams yelling that out. That's mm-hmm. how you teach your team. There's certain people that are telling you what down it is, how much time's left. 
You know what I'm saying? There's people yeah. in those headphones all the time. You got the best equipment, you know, like uh, communication equipment on the planet. You should be able to um, understand where you, what situation you're in. So those mistakes are just, un, you know, they're unacceptable. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it frustrates. I mean, it frustrates me to the core, man. I mean, I feel like if he makes those decisions correctly, we we'd have a better record. I mean, we would we wouldn't be eight and eight, nine and seven. We'd be ten and six, eleven and five. You know, or the decision to not cover Odell Beckham Jr. It was that the game a couple of years ago, Ravens and Giants. We we let Odell Beckham break two off for touchdowns. And right, I'm yeah. just I'm just sitting there, you know, with my hand in my face, like, like this is the most simplest trick in the book. When he's on the field and it's fourth down, you double team Odell Beckham Jr. And what do they do? They right. let him free. Yeah, those are I mean, those are those type of decisions. Like you can't like some. I make bonehead plays all the time, and you know, you try to reel them in, and I think. A lot of those, you know, bang bang situations that are happening, like when it, when it's, when the plays like getting called real quick, and they and they they really didn't get the right personnel. Some of those things we can't like like. There's all you got defensive coordinators, you got um, linebacker coaches, you got people that are sending in personnel as they go. Should that be an issue in a game? No, but sometimes it's not all on the head coach. If you understand what I'm saying, it's, uh-huh. but he's he's going to take the brunt of it because he's the boss. But um, a lot of people make a lot of bonehead mistakes, players included. You know, I, there's many a times at a level of uh, we're talking about 14, 15 year olds that I can uh, attest to that. They were standing on the sideline, and I'm looking over, and there's not enough players on there. And I'm like, how do you not know you're not on the field? And it wasn't my fault. It was my fault. I had to waste the time out to get him on the field before we got the penalty. So, it, it, and, it, and it could go, but it's all going to go on the breath of me because I'm the boss. I got to make sure that everybody's out there. And so, you know, some of your coaches, other coaches make boneheaded plays too, and it just, you got to take the, um, um, responsibility for it. Yeah, and 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 you know you got to take the good with the bad too. But uh, let me um let me uh shout out the chat room real quick because as you know while I got you on I I got my chat room faithful right here and I I want to warn you that my my chat room has no filter you know and anything is gonna come out of their mouth it's gonna be raw explicit they don't care they don't give a damn what they say. Um, so I'm, I'm just going to read some of this stuff to you here. Um, uh, my, my homie, uh, Grego, who is a new England Patriots fan. Um, he, he's got a couple of comments in here. He says, uh, risking it to say this guy knows football. So at least he could, could appreciate your football acumen. Uh, he also goes in to say, um, he hopes that Tomlin is the Steelers coach for years to come. And he's got this devil emoji, you know, right after that. So um, I, I, I guess you can understand that coming from a Patriots fan because the Patriots do yeah. own the Pittsburgh Steelers. So Bill, Bill Belichick owns um, Tomlin, and that's one of the things I was telling you that Tomlin he can't put a plug in his pride to really coach the game and stay tries to get in a pissing match with Bill Belichick and you can't do it. Mm-hmm. You just can't do it. He's he's well prepared. He's very well prepared and you can't make 
you got to make as less mistakes as possible when you're playing now. Right, right. Um, and and one more uh, comment from Grego. He said Andy Reid sucks at time management too. So we we kind of agree, you know, with the whole Andy Reid coaching tree. It seems like the time management issues have kind of been planted in his assistants and you know John Harbaugh, <laughs> you know that guy. Um. Let me get to some other comments here in the chat. Let me get to um, let me get to my homie here, Jungle Brother. Now, uh, I warn you about Jungle Brother. Jungle Brother to me is like the he's kind of like the Malcolm X slash Marcus Garvey of sports. And so, um, okay, he, he's, Let's he's get it. so he's got a couple of comments here. He says um, he says nobody in the media questions Sean Payton. F out of here. All these cracker ass Steeler fans always say the same shit. Bullshit. Nobody in the NFL history went 10 years straight without a losing record. Talk about that, dude. Um, well, look, <laughs> Jungle Brother, uh, let me, I, I'm going I'm to defend you and then I'm, I'm going to just kind of, you know, put it to a close like this. Um, I, I, I think you're incorrect about that streak because Belichick has definitely gone much longer, you know, 10 years without a losing record, you know, than anybody else. I'm, I'm, I'm almost positive that Belichick has that record, and then it's probably Tomlin at that. Um, the other part is we're not talking about the Saints. <laughs> we're talking about the Ravens and the Steelers, bro. <laughs> we, uh, we're not talking about Sean Payton. Uh, you know, I, 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 look, I, I, I feel you. I mean, and quite frankly, the problems with the Saints is the defensive ball. Sean Payton coaches offense. Right. You know, so and um, I see what he's saying. Like, I mean, but it, he he is he is right. Like, you're going. We're under the um, microscope. Black coaches are under the microscope. It's just a fact. Yep. Because there's there's far less of them. They and plus they feel like when the Steelers when they brought in the Rooney Rule, which got Tom hired, you know, um, black coaches weren't getting a shot. Just like black quarterbacks weren't getting a shot. So I see the militant side of what he's saying. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And, they, and, and, and he's basically saying what I'm getting from it. He's basically saying, like, they're always knocking Tomlin, but why they ain't talking about the white coaches? Because that's the – that's. I mean, we know that right now by what's going on with the kneeling and, and how they're blackballing yes, covering and, and telling us what we can do and what we can't do. So we already know that they're going to put the microscope on um, the black coaches. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And and just one more comment from Jungle Brother here. Um, he says, uh, he says, Trey from Barbershop, you ain't shit if you don't challenge this cracker. He ain't said not one thing positive about Tomlin. You can't have Tomlin record. You can't have Tomlin's record without doing something positive. So my man Jungle Brother is challenging you to say something positive about Mike Tomlin. He's challenging me to say something about to say something positive to say Mike something Tomlin? positive because we well we we talked about hold on. Repeat that again. Was he saying which? So he does he think I'm white? Is what I'm is what I'm getting from him? Uh, I, I that I don't know. All, all I'm I'm just reading what he got here in the chat. He says, "Oh, okay." Well, he well, says, "Cracker." He, well, who is he saying the cracker? The question the cracker. What crackers? That would have to be to be. Oh, it would have to be to you. So I mean, look, you can yeah. respond. You can respond any way you want, man. This is this is the barbershop sports talk podcast. So. You know, oh, okay. I'm, I'm 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 here for the mess. I'm 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 here for all of it. So, but, yeah, but you like you like the mess. <laughs> we well, we here for the mess. 
if I understood correctly what he's saying, I think he thinks he's talking uh, like a white dude, like I'm a white dude or something like that. But uh, yes, I'm I'm mulatto, so much that what's that considered? That's black all the way. You know what I mean? Word. Word. But no, no matter how you look at it, the system looks at me like I'm black. So, um, bottom um, of Tomlin, I'm we're not, we're not anything like Tomlin is a, is a bad coach. He's a great coach. But I also say he's a product of the system. You could pretty much plug anybody in Pittsburgh. They're going to do what they do. They're going to bring in those players. All you have to do is not screw it up. Yeah. So, yes, Tomlin, Tomlin has a pretty good record, but I'm not going to let him slide. I'm not going to say he's the greatest just because um, he's my um, coach of my team. Like I said, I'm a football coach before anything. I'm a football fan before I'm anything. So I'm going to be tougher on my team than I am on the next person's team. So that's just the way that I was raised in the game. So that's just the way it is. Okay. And uh, Jungle Jungle Brother says, get the F out of here in the chat. Uh, <laughs> uh, Big L in the chat. <laughs> Big L in the chat room says, I'm loving this show. Um, and I, I just want to um, reintroduce you to some of the guys that just came in here. Um, you're listening to Coach B, who is a uh, co-host of the Bridging the Gap podcast. Um, he's a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. He coaches youth football. Um, he's also starting up a new media company, and he's also doing some other big things. Um, and you're, you're in Western Pennsylvania, right? Uh, no, Central Pennsylvania right now, but I'm from up there by Erie and um, Buffalo and Cleveland and Pittsburgh. So oh, okay. I'm up from that area, but I'm, in, I'm located in Central Pennsylvania right now, out to the PA. Oh, okay, okay. That that that's what's up. Um, where where are you guys located at? Um, we're in the DMV, man. Um, Baltimore and DC. We're we're kind of right in the middle. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So. Okay, that's dope. Yeah. Hey, well, they tell. Oh, he's he's probably still listening. What's his name? Jungle Brother. Yeah, yeah, Jungle Brother. Good? Yeah. Okay, t- invite him. Tell him. He, hey, come to the page, and we, and we can talk about this, bro. We can debate this because <laughs> these these are the topics that um, we discuss on bridging the gap. Like you know, we want people to understand um, that and. Uh, trust, I know where he's coming from. I got uncles and cousins that is very militant. <laughs> they very militant. They with the shit. So it is, you know, I would definitely love to have them on the page and talk. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I got a, I got a comment here from, uh, Michael Snackson in the chat room. He says, jungle is right. I'm a Bengals fan. So I got no reason to like Tomlin, but this guy is dissing a black coach who got a Super Bowl ring. Uh, oh, okay. So that, that, that's another shot at you, sir. But, um, but I mean, let's be real. I don't think we're disrespecting Tomlin in any, you know, fashion. I think we're just pointing out that, yeah, he's got some flaws, but we can't deny that he's had a, he's had a pretty great record with the Steelers. And, and the fact about Tomlin, and, you know, it, it pains me as a Ravens fan to say this, but he's a player's coach. He's, he's one of those coaches, like, he's one of those coaches that, um, how can I describe it? Like, like the like the playoff game against Cincinnati a couple of years ago, where where the Bengals melted down, and you know Joey Porter was trying to get under the skin of the other players. I I, I feel like Tomlin has his staff in somewhat of a cerebral mode to where they can get to other players and they can get those players on the opposite team to choke on themselves. What, what, what do you think about that? He's definitely a, he, I already know what, what the issue is. And plus, man, 
like I said, I'm a football club. I'm critiquing the fuck out of Tomlin. I don't give a I... fuck about none of that shit. <laughs> I don't give a fuck about none of that shit. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to critique the fuck out. I don't give a fuck what his, what his race or nothing like that is. We we, we got to stop worrying about what the fucking white people keep saying and shit all the time. And worry about what we're doing and, and do our job than what we're doing. So I'm going to, I'm looking at Tomlin from a coach's point of view and I see why he keeps getting like he doesn't have two or three of those rings around or he can't beat Bill Belichick. It's for the same reasons that I'm discussing. And I think, you know, you don't just pass over that because he's a black man. If they were attacking him, attacking him, like in a manner like he's losing his job, that would be different. He's not losing his job. They're just talking shit on a sports show. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, word. So we can't. He can't. He can't put the focus on. You think that shit's like tearing him apart? Like if I said this to Mike Tomlin's face, you think he's gonna get either get motivated or he's gonna, you know, he's gonna get hype over that shit. He's gonna get motivated over that shit. So that's the way I look at it from a coach's point of view. Like you know what I mean? So that's where I'm with it. Yep, yep, I hear you. Uh wanna shout out uh three three four Bama Boy who's in the chat room also. He says, uh winning record coach and y'all still shit on the man. I can't wait until he leaves, then it will suck. I'll laugh my ass off. Um yeah, look listen, again, and I'm a, I'm gonna kinda close this topic to rest and then we're gonna get to uh another topic here. Um Tomlin mm-hmm. look, again, as a Ravens fan, I would rather have Tomlin than John Harbaugh. Um, at the okay. same time, at the same time, both of those coaches do some questionable things. They, they, right. they make some of the more dumb mistakes at times, just like at just certain spots in the, in the, in the middle of a game. You, you, you can't deny that. That's every, I mean, that's just about every coach not named Belichick. Right. That's just about yes. every coach yeah. in the league. Whether Definitely. they whether they black whether they black white Hispanic it, it, it doesn't matter they, they the what counts is wins and losses and if you're not winning right. you legitimately you, you get fired unless you're unless you're Jeff Fisher and 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 that and that's a reason why Jungle Brother is the way Jungle Brother is is because guys like Jeff Fisher who have losing seasons you know time after time and still have a job. That's part of why Jungle Brother was the way he is. So you know, I, I can and, and, I can appreciate Jungle Brother. No, I believe it. I, I understand it. Like I just said before, that we're looking at it right now in the NFL. Like, but when are the when are the players going to stand up and be like, you know what, fuck that check. We're not playing football. We'll go over. We'll go over and make that um, Vince McMahon if he wants to treat us right. His XFL will make that the new hot spot. Make him billions and billions of dollars. You, at some point, everybody collectively has to stand up and be like, you know what? Forget, you know, forget this shit. Let's 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 get on that militant shit and say we ain't doing this no more. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's how I feel about it. Yeah, that's how I truly feel about that shit. So I think we gotta. I think we have to continue to you know put the awareness out there though that you know the the mainstream media um, puts blacks. In a, in a highlight that's not so great as it is when they're highlighting somebody that's of a white skin. You, you, you know what I'm saying? We, we still have to put the, the narrative out there, the, you know, put the focus and the awareness that, you know, the media is not going to cover us the same as they would, you know, the white guy who's 
probably not as good, but it's just hanging on, you know, because of his skin color. So we got to keep putting that out yeah. there. They're going to run it the way it's been running until there's a change to it. So that, so we pop up with the media companies like that whole responsibility with people that are in their, um, their, their respective fields that are in them positions right now that can sit down at the table and take control of, of media. Like if you, I don't know if you watch the drink champs, Nori's always talking about it all the Love time. You got, you, got, you got Diddy over there. You got Hope. You got Master P. You know, you got these real bosses right there that got the money to put something together, but they're not sitting down. I don't know what they are. Let me not say that because they could be doing it. But they are in a position right now to control the media. Like, you know what I'm saying? I just mentioned Nori and all that. And he always said that we should have our own sports channel. We should have our own, you know, weatherman. He mentions Jim Jones when he did his look. You know what I mean? Those are the things right. that have to happen. And, to, and we, and we got to... We got it. Like I was saying before, like our culture, let's be factual about this shit. We got to start supporting our culture instead of beefing with our culture or um, crabbing a barrel of our culture when somebody's getting a success. Because whether we want to face that or not, we do it. So we have to take responsibility. We don't. I, I'm the type of like I said, man. My my dad and my uncles are just just like Jungle Brother, militant, marched did all kinds of things. So I was raised on that stuff. So I know for a fact that they're like, F that. We ain't looking for them for nothing. We're doing it ourselves. Right. So that's how I feel about that. No doubt, no doubt. Um, now, okay, now, so now that we got the bum-ass Steelers out of the way, now that, now that let, let's close the book on that. And I want to I want to get to the fact that you are a diehard Knicks fan, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes, well, yes. so at least you and I, we have something in common because wow, I, okay. I, was, I was born in Queens, raised in Brooklyn, uh, diehard Knicks fan. I, I love the Patrick Ewing era. And after that, we've had maybe a couple of good years with Melo and it's just been downhill after that. So. Um, so what, what, do, what do you think about the Knicks um, situation? Um, Przingis is healing from his injury he won't be back probably if at all um after the all-star break this coming season um Kyrie Irving is talking about wanting to join the Knicks after this season coming up and then you also have the situation where Jimmy Butler and Kyrie have been back and forth talking about hey we want to play together and if Kyrie wants to go to New York then Jimmy Butler might tag along with him I kind of like the idea of that being the case. So what's your thoughts on that? Uh, first, yeah, I'm definitely, that's where I'm from, the Hewing era, Starks, Mason, Oakley, all them, Sprewell, like Houston. Those are the last, you know, those were the scrappy teams. Those before, you know, all these this soft-ass rule changes and shit. Like I said, man, Oakley shit, I don't know why Oakley um, gets a bad name out there in the public and it can't even go into Madison Square Garden, but I think he should have been on the coaching staff somewhere. And I think it's that's where it's starting at. Like the front office is just making horrible moves, yo. So I do agree. Like if Kyrie and and, and Jimmy want to come over, I think that would be an excellent move. And I mean, we got to figure out a way to dump no Noah's contract. I mean, that's just going too much, and he's not giving us no work. Right. Um. I kind of like I kind of like the uh, uh, Fisdale coach uh, hiring. That's how you say his name, right? Uh, Dave, Dave Fisdale. Fisdale. Yep. 
Yep. I like I like that kind of hiring. He has experience. He won a couple um, ships down in um, um, with the on the Heat, and he took the Grizzlies to the playoffs last year. From, yep. uh, from and and right? I thought and I thought he got screwed by the Grizzlies. Yeah, I didn't like that move. Yeah, that's one of those. That's that type of bullshit. You know what I mean? He yeah. should he should still you know be able to rock out there. I kind of wanted to see Mark Jackson get the job because I don't know what happened over in Golden State or whatever, but I know he helped build that nu- nucleus and yes, he whatever did. happened in that front office. Yes, he did. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Whatever, whatever happened between him and the front office, he ain't get no credit for that. And he built that, helped built that nucleus. I know that's for a fact. So I, I kind of would like to see Mark Jackson on the sidelines in the New York Knicks. I mean, it can't get no better than that. Yeah, I, I was hoping that that would have been the case also, but I kind of feel like Mark Jackson has been blackballed from coaching in the NBA, and and you know there's been talks about his religion, um, some things between him and the front office up in Golden State that they didn't like, which is why they got rid of him, and you know, but I I tell you this though, the the moment Golden State started winning rings, I said from day one they better walk over to Mark Jackson and hand him a ring because he built the he built that team. Right. He he yeah. built that. Not Steve Kerr, not Luke Walton, not Mike Brown. Mark Jackson right. built that team from you know from the get go. So um so yeah, yeah I, I, I would have liked exactly. to I would have liked to have seen Mark Jackson in New York, you know, because he, he went as a matter of fact, Mark Jackson went to my high school. In in Brooklyn, uh Bishop Lachlan. Oh did oh that's what's up. Yeah. That's my dude. That's my dude right there. Post up. Post, he'll post. He'll post any point up <laughs> at any time. Yeah, I used to love Mark Jackson seeing him play. Man, yeah, but that's how I feel about. It. I mean, we got we 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 just don't have nothing right now. We're gonna, but what we do have is, if I'm not mistaken, is that we're gonna get um, a lot of clearance on our um, salary cap. We're gonna clear a lot of our. Uh, cap space in 2019 so we can make some power moves i don't know if they're going to jump on Kyrie or if that thing that that will happen first yep but and plus we own all of our free future round first um picks too right so right. we didn't we didn't trade none of, the, of those picks away so we we could get something going i just you know all those years but i isaiah thomas in the front office that kind of i mean that didn't work out still jackson didn't work out you know what i mean so we have to we have to get those players. We got to do what everybody else is doing. And plus, it ain't even fair right now. You know, we got boogie on um, Golden State. It's not even fair right now. Yeah, I don't think the boogie move is that big of a deal. I mean, it, it's become a big deal because he's a previous All Star. But the reality mm-hmm. is, is that he's not going to play for them right away. It, it might be until sometime after the All Star break, where he's finally fully healthy. I mean. To, to tear an Achilles, it takes time for that type of injury to heal. So I don't expect him to be ready to go come October. I, I, I really don't. I just think that's just an overreaction by people. But, I mean, when you look at it from one they, through they five. They don't need him until later. They don't need him. Yeah, they, they don't. Need him right away. And, 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 let's be, and let's be honest. The Warriors were winning the title anyway without Boogie. So the right. the whole overreaction to him joining it the the real the real overreaction is the amount of money he accepted because I I I said a few weeks ago when the when you know the signing happened I'm like what are all these other GMs doing like the, these GMs are falling asleep at the wheel here 
Because if you could, if you're telling me you could have got Boogie for that little, and you didn't even take a chance, like, like, and I'll give you a perfect example since you know we're in the DMV, the the Washington Wizards need a big man, and I and I uh-huh. understand that they might not have the cap space for it if Boogie was 100 percent healthy, but they need somebody like a Boogie Cousins on their squad, and you mean to tell me right. that the Wizards didn't take not one sniff at this guy to even find out, hey, you know, what's the injury situation? How long you got to, you know, take the heel? You know, what are you, you know, what you willing to take as far as the market is concerned? Because the, the, what the teams did basically was they said, we're going to, we're going to let this guy sit on the market. We're going to let his market value go down to the point where we're just going to come in and pounce right in. So they did that. They let the market value go down, and after that, nobody took a sniff. And who? what do you know? The good old Warriors come along. Hey, we're going to win a championship. Oh, y'all could pay me anything. Here you go, $5 million. Let's go. I mean, it, it, it's just, it's, it's, it's more, an, it's, it's an indictment on how good the Warriors front office has been, but it's more an indictment on the fact that these GMs just fell asleep. At the wheel, man. Yeah, and I think that's what you just said was is very true. Like that they put him on the market, and plus what you said at the top of that was like the injury. How long is it going to take him to come back from the injury? So they were going to let him sit for a while and his value, and really make sure, really look into his injury. And then um, the Warriors, he took that money, like you said, the Warriors, because hey, you you can hop on this championship team for this, and then they say, hey, look. They told him in the meeting, I guarantee you they told him this in the meeting, like, if you get past this year and you stay healthy and you, you, you know, you um, produce for us, we will get you, we will, we'll, um, put you in a uh, nice little contract with us when we do whatever move we're doing next year. Right. So I, I guarantee you that was said. And his decision is based on, do I want to go to Washington and play for, you know, the same, like, this amount or a little bit more, because I'm sure he got offers, but I'm sure they were below what he was worth, but I'm sure he was like, yeah, I'd rather go here with Golden State, so. Yeah, yeah, I hear you, man. Hey, I, I just got one more question, um, you know, before we close this thing out. Um, I want to shout out my homie, the mayor, who's in the chat room, who was also uh, a really great friend of mine. We were classmates back at Bishop Lachlan, you know, back in Brooklyn years ago. And uh, he's got mm-hmm. a comment in here about the Knicks, and he's saying that Kyrie is trolling us. Um, so wh- wh- what do you think about that? Because if if that is the case, then it wouldn't shock me if he was doing that. Well, yeah, that, 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 that's the um, the new thing. He's on his Kakashi. So, you know, I don't, <laughs> I don't know really. Like, I didn't really delve too much into it, and I really don't take too much of what Kyrie said because if you're, you weren't able to – figure out a way how to stay with LeBron James and you guys make a run, whether it was LeBron or him, I'm not sure. But if you guys couldn't figure that out, I really don't have the faith in what Kyrie's decisions are because what is, weren't they pretty like Boston was pretty good with Kyrie before he went down. Right. So why is, why they ain't working nothing out right there? Why, why, why isn't he working nothing out with those cats? Um, I think because they went to the conference finals without him. Um, I, th- I think that um, the Celtics, the way they're constructed right now, um, and, you know, we, we, we saw in the playoffs what it was. I mean, 
They got to the conference finals with, I mean, with a couple of back players. And so they might feel like, hey, you know what? Maybe we don't need Kyrie after all. I disagree if that's their thought process. I think you do need Kyrie yeah. Irving if you're going to win a title, especially if you're going to go up against Golden State. You you definitely need Kyrie. But the Celtics might feel that way. They might feel like, hey, this guy's injury prone. You know, we got these guys. We've been to back-to-back conference finals. Um, LeBron is out of the East now. We're the proclaimed favorite. Hey, you know, we, we could do what we want. Maybe maybe that's the arrogance of a, a Boston team because I, I, I think all Boston sports teams are that arrogant. I, I, I can't stand them. <laughs> I, I can't stand them at all. Um, but um, mm-hmm. listen, man, um, it, it's been nice having you on. Um, I, yeah, I appreciate I, it, bro. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, I could definitely appreciate the back and forth um, between yourself and uh, some of my people here in the chat room. Um, so, well, I'm uh, with it. I'm with the shit, bro. <laughs> Believe me. Yeah, I'm that's with what's it. up. That's what's up. So, so I, I want you to go ahead um, one more time. Go ahead and plug your information. Um, where people can find you? Where can they find your podcast? And where can they find you on a personal level? Uh, you can go um, check out Bridging the Gap. Um, it's on Facebook. We have it on underneath our media company, but we're really not plugging that right now. We're just plugging the, uh, the show that we're producing, which is Bridging the Gap. And it'll, all those links will take you to the YouTube channel and all that. So we're building um, to get to where we can do some live stuff like you guys are. You know, you guys got your, your, your ship running pretty tight. I liked it. That's why I reached out to you. Um, so you can pretty much go to Bridging the Gap and you can reach everything we got. But there's one thing, other thing I want to plug. It's a network. I think I invited you guys a long time ago, but I just didn't get back to talk to you. It's called the Unprofessional Professionals. Okay. We want to build a network. We want to build a networking site right there. You can find that on Facebook too, you know, but when I share this, you, this episode of your guys on our page, I'll put all those um, links and whatever there on top of that. So if anybody wants to go to that and check it out, but it's a net, we want to build a networker site with everybody that's doing things creative. It does I don't care what it is, entrepreneurial development, all that stuff, um, businesses, whatever you can come in there and you can just post it because we want people to be able to find people to work with, you know what I mean? And, and, and support each other and find ways to create some great content. So I'll put all that stuff when I share your guys's um, link to uh, this episode, I'll put all that stuff in that um, post and people can just check it out. Okay. Okay. Yeah, no doubt, man. That's, that's some really good stuff right there, man. And uh, I, I wish you all the success with the media company and everything that you're doing, and um, definitely we can we can start building up on some networking opportunities. You know, get the word out about your show, get the word out about our show, and um, you right. know, just you know, just have right. one big community of of shows. And you know, I'm I'm glad to see that somebody like yourself who has experience not just playing the sports, but you know, actually trying to put together some content that you know cats could really dig. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. yeah. And oh, yeah. But, uh, I'm going to I'm going to be reaching out to you guys. Uh, tell you um, your boy too, your, your, your co-host, co-creator, man, appreciate it for having on. But I'm definitely going to reach out to you guys and we're going to we're going to find a way to get you guys on bridging the gap and maybe have a sports um, section on that because we, we frequently do some sports stuff. And so I'll figure out a way how to get you guys on so you can go ahead and reach out to what um, 
our our audience also. All right, man. Uh, that's what's up, man. Uh, hey, appreciate you, homie. Appreciate you for the time. No doubt, no doubt. All right, y'all. That was uh, right. that was the homie uh, Coach B, who has the Bridging the Gap podcast. You could check out his Facebook page. And um, I think he has a, another page called Coach B. He's He's got some videos posted up there on that page also. So, you know, y'all can, uh, you know, make sure if y'all interested, y'all can, you know, check that out. Um, shout out to my chat room because y'all, y'all niggas really bought it, man. Y'all, y'all, uh, Jungle Brother, uh, ABM, all, Grego, all y'all, all y'all niggas, man. Y'all, y'all, y'all really, y'all really brought the fire this time around uh we i i, I could appreciate that um you want to call in the show i mean i got some time here uh 301-928-9649 um you know you want to talk to me about what we just talked about um you want to talk about the hall of fame speeches um kelvin benjamin and what he had to say about cam anything um any anything that you guys you know got your mind on oh i want to kind of reset the show a little bit here because um today was mocha bella um who reps the x squad this was her birthday today so um everybody we want to definitely even though we've done it earlier in the day um we we want to wish mocha bella a happy birthday but i also want to get you people's thoughts on this because um being that mocha bella is of jamaican descent and yesterday was Jamaican Independence Day. I want to get your thoughts on who your best Jamaican athlete of all time was. Um, in addition to that, also your best Jamaican musician of all time, your best Jamaican fictional character, and your best Jamaican actor slash actress of all time. So um, I'm interested to get some, you know, get some feedback on that in the chat or if you, you know, decide to call the show. Uh, 301-928-9649 um, is the number to dial the show. Uh, Jungle Brother here in the chat room says, Good job, Trey. Forwarding in, in this eat to his fake Uh Jungle, my, man. Let me tell you something, man. Mm. I had to drink some water real quick. Jungle Brother, you... You did it again, bro. That, that's, that's all I got to say, man. You, you, you did it again. You, you you got something jump started, you lit the fire and you know, I I, I could just appreciate that. Um but you I, I think you also had another comment in here uh regarding the Steelers. Oh, you said the Steelers won the you know, they beat the Patriots last year. Um yeah, I, I, I feel you. I understand what happened there with the you know, the touchdown that wasn't. But um yeah, that that made all the difference in the world in terms of who was going to the Super Bowl last year. So um, that that didn't work out. Uh, didn't work out for the Steelers. Uh, Deacon Dell is in a chat from Northeast Baltimore. What's going on, Deacon Dell? Appreciate you in the chat room, man. Um, let me see who else is up in here. I got some comments. Uh, I don't think I shouted out uh, Kevin Gray with Clutch Talk Sports Radio. Uh, was popping, man. Uh, so he says, so out of the random NFL news department, the Los Angeles Rams and the New Orleans Saints will be the very first male cheerleaders as part of their cheerleading team starting this season. Um, I don't know if that's accurate, Kevin Gray. Um, the Ravens had a male cheerleader 
on their staff maybe a few years ago. And the reason I know this is the guy that actually did it for the Ravens used to be a radio personality here in Baltimore. Now, I think he's in Atlanta right now working for um, working for the game down there, 92.9. So I, I don't I don't know if that's accurate. If you're saying that that's the first male cheerleaders, um, well, oh, well, you're just saying for the season. I, I thought you were saying like in the history uh, of the league. I, I think you're just saying, you know, for the first, just for the season. So if I mean, if I if I got that misconstrued, Kevin, um, you know, my, my bad on that front. Um, let me see what else is up here in the chat room. Uh, Big L says, Grego, Brady hanging by a string. Brady will get hurt. Abs, he'll start to cry like a baby. Uh, Grego says, Big L, you worry about that bum QB you got leading your bears and stay out of this. <laughs> uh, angry black man says, the Celtics won one playoff game away from home. They still have to prove they are who people think they are. And Angry Black Man, I think you bring up a good point because their playoff record was a bit a bit unprecedented. I mean, they went, what, 10-1 and one at home, and that one loss just so happened to be Game 7 in the conference final, which I predicted. I predicted that the Celtics were going to lose that game. I mean, even though it would have kind of went against what they were doing throughout that playoff run. I just didn't think that the league was going to let a bunch of ragtag players go to the finals. I, I mean, that that's just how I felt about it. I, I didn't think that that was going to be the case. But I, I think you bring up a good point that if if they're going to be this team, you know, they, they got to win on the road because their road record was pretty terrible. I mean, in Milwaukee, they couldn't win in Milwaukee. They couldn't win in Cleveland. They got one against the 76ers, but that was a game I thought the Sixers gave away. I think that was game three in the conference semis. Um, but, yeah, they they gave that one away. And so without that, the Celtics, you're right, they have to prove that in the playoffs on the road, they should be able to you know get better. I think that should be a focus for them next year. Uh, I got the end of the bench podcast. Hey, you've been changing your name quite a bit, uh, Brian. You you went from something to Brian to now end of the bench podcast. But I feel you, man. He says I also think Kyrie is a bit overrated as well. Um, I don't want to say he's overrated. I, I I think he's rated right where he is. I, I think he's he's one of the best point guards in the league. He's got arguably the best handle in the game. Um, injury prone. Yeah, we could have a different discussion about that as far as injuries are concerned. He definitely something to, you know, definitely something to, you know, keep an eye on. Uh RC says agreed uh on Kyrie. Um yeah, again, I'm I'm not going to I'm not going to, you know, overrate Kyrie. I, I I think if he can somehow get his health in shape for the rest of his career, I think he'll be that dude. I mean, quite frankly, I, I think, and this is just my opinion, with the fact that he's coming off this movie, Uncle Drew, that, uh, you know, put in some numbers, um, I think that it might be a foregone conclusion that he will be the face of the Eastern Conference for about the next maybe four or five years. Kyrie could do that. He, he could be the face of this conference within the next four or five years. 
you know, I, I think he's got that much cachet in the game, in the NBA, where, you know, LeBron is no longer in the East. Now they're looking for that one superstar in the East. Is it John Wall? Is it the Greek Freak? Is it Simmons and Embiid? Is it uh, Oladipo? Is it that dude? You know, who who knows? But Kyrie, I think, definitely has more of the 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 brand name out there that's going to be the face of the conference. You know, for the years to come. So, um, the end of the bot end of the bench podcast says just figuring out the system. This will be the last change. Okay. Oh, so you're getting used to that Spreaker stuff, huh? Okay. Yeah, well, you know, um, we, we've had some issues as well, but, you know, I, I'll just say, you know, Spreaker, for the most part, you know, gets the job done. They, they're not perfect, but they, they, they get it done. Um, Jungle Brother says, uh, Deacon Chief, you need to put your name in the title. Uh, Deacon Dell says, I want my own segment on the 200th. Oh, the 200th. And, and shout out to Chief Rock of Jersey Vern, man. 200 episodes, dude. That's a that's a major accomplishment, man. Two hundred episodes of your podcast. That that is a remarkable stat. That is excellent on your part, and I'm just glad to you know that I'm associating with you throughout this podcasting thing, throughout this networking. Two hundred episodes is a lot, and it's a it's a major achievement. So I just want to give uh, the homie Chief Rocker Jersey Vern a shout out on on that front. Um. Folks, I got to get into a serious conversation and I, and I got maybe, um, well, actually I'm, I'm at the two hour mark. I'm actually supposed to sign off. Uh, I'm supposed to sign off now being, I started a little late, but you know what? I think I got a few minutes to, uh, talk about this situation here and I want to get you guys opinion on this. Um, Blake Griffin, Blake Griffin, it came out last week that, um, He's ordered to pay some child support to uh, his ex. And I'm kind of blanking on the ex's name. I know she's kind of a familiar face, a familiar name with somebody else who she has a child with. But Blake Griffin got ordered, what, 200 and something thousand dollars a year for child support. If, if my math is right, I think, what, 50 what is it, 50-something, 50 50,000 a month, or, you know, 250-something thousand a year, something like that. I don't know what the, I can't remember the exact numbers, what that's concerned. But the, the news about Blake Griffin owing this much child support has kind of started a social media conversation regarding the system of child support and how it works in the system and who benefits and who doesn't benefit from it. Um, here, here's my thoughts on it. I do not think that a child needs $50,000 a month for child support. I, I don't, I don't think it costs that much to raise a child per month. I mean, yeah, I, I know diapers and pull-ups cost a lot. I, I totally look, trust me. I got, I got a, you know, I got a two-year-old and I got an almost four-year-old. So I understand the cost of pull-ups and diapers and all that, but it does not cost $50,000 a month to raise a child. Um, a lot of the, a lot of the backlash is more geared towards 
the female in this situation, the mother, because while the mother gets this money, the child support, you know, she's putting a lot. She's putting money towards her kid. And then the other big portion of that money, she out there probably splurging on it, you know, going to Fifth Avenue, going to Saks, the Express, Victoria's Secret, Nordstrom, you know, you, you name it. You know, you know, th- th- these mothers who marry these rich, wealthy athletes that get child support, you know, all that money doesn't go to the kid. Most of that money goes towards the mothers. And it seems as if and I know this has been going on for a long time. It seems like this is a profession for some of these women that are out there looking to date a rich guy. Now, I'm not going to knock them. You know, hey, look, if you got to secure the bag, then look, secure the bag. But I want to dig deeper into the system of child support because I I think the focus is lost when, you know, when you take a certain percentage of somebody's check, whether that person makes a hundred thousand a year or whether the guy makes two million dollars a year. Um, Look, I can respect the fact that the percentage is the same. They want to be consistent across the board. They don't want to, you know, put anybody out of, of a disadvantage. But let's let's be real about it. I think the system, the way it's set up right now, is geared towards devaluing the man's income and more so putting an emphasis on trying to build up the mother's side of her income. Um, when, when, when this topic came up, I thought about something that Dr. Umar Johnson said on the Breakfast Club um, maybe sometime last year. And, and, and one of the things that he had mentioned was that back in the 70s and maybe even early 60s, um, black men used to have trades like electri- like an electrician, a plumber, um, a, a brick mason. You know, black men back in the days used to have these professions and it got to a point where come the 70s, they started entering all this crack and cocaine and heroin into the streets. And then they took away trade schools. And so they took away opportunities for black men to make money legitimately and have them forced to get into illegal um, trafficking of drugs and so when I when I when I think about this, I kind of apply it to the child support system and I'm looking at it and I'm saying, like, this system isn't fair. Like this is supposed to be to the best for what the child needs, not so much for what the child plus what the mother needs. I look at it like this. If you can if the system can do this. Because I remember I remember getting food stamps when I was in college. You know, I was living on my own and, you know, I was just asking for some assistance. And what they basically did was if you're going to get benefits, we're going to give you benefits based off of your income and your expenses. And whatever that percentage is or whatever that is, we're going to give you that amount of food stamps based on that. Why can't the child support system base their percentages on what the mother makes why can't they base that on how much it's really needed to 
raise a child. Now, I get it that Blake Griffin wants to raise his child similar to a lifestyle that he has. I get that part. But you can still give your kids money directly without having them to go through the mother to give it to the kid. You can still do that. I don't I don't see why that's a situation um, that could take place. Um, the child support system, I think, has to go through some changes um, because I, I feel like it's it's benefiting. It's not benefiting the right people in the situation. It, it's not benefiting the fathers. It's not benefiting the mothers. Um, actually, it's it's not benefiting the children. It's it's it seems like it's more geared toward hurting the pockets of the male and trying to enrich the females. And again, no disrespect to the mothers out there that work hard and, you know, raise their kids properly. This is no disrespect, but let's 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 keep it. Let's keep it a buck in, in Blake Griffin's situation. The mother's getting a nice guap of money. <laughs> who, who knows if she's putting that money towards her son's college fund or putting that money towards Nordstrom. You, you, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's kind of like the, it's kind of like that line that 50 cent always throws out there. Have a baby by me, baby, be a millionaire. And, 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 and that's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it's kind of come down to. Um, I, I think the system has to go through something um, really drastic. I would like to see a situation where it's not so much a percentage based on the um, and oh, we got a caller here. I was waiting for this to happen. Uh, caller, what's good? What's happening, man? It's fame. Fame up the prospect. Got a- my nigga AKA- fame up at prospect. <laughs> what's hey, good? what's up, man? AKA Michael Snackson. Yeah, you know, yeah. Just, What's that about? Where you get Michael Snackson from? <laughs> some, 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 some woman said I look like a snack. I'm like, oh, really? Okay. I just flipped it like that. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I, you know, I, you know, I ain't no, you know, I ain't no looker like that. I know my limits. You know, I, I got, you know, I'm a strong seven. You know what I'm saying? But, yeah. Um, right. Right. But what you, what you got about, on your mind today? Oh no! Just that last thing you talking about, Blake Griffin's baby mama. Uh huh. First things first, she is the sister of a former NFL player. Uh, I forget his name. Jordan Cameron, tight end for the Browns. Ah, camp right. Cameron is her last name. Her first name is what's her Bryn. first name? Brooke Cameron. Is it Brooke Cameron? Bryn. Bryn. Oh, Bryn. Bryn. Okay. Yep. Yep. Yeah, Bryn Cameron. Right. Uh, she, yeah, like I said, that, that's her brother. Okay. Her other baby daddy is Matt Leinert. Yes, you're you're absolutely right about that. Yeah, and now now from what I understand, you know, uh, that the, they they settled it, and she, he paid because he has two kids with her. Uh, he who Blake, Blake Blake has two yeah. kids with her. Yeah, Blake has a son and a daughter with her, and Matt has a son with her. That's oh, her okay. Leinert pays fifteen thousand. Blake pays thirty two thousand, and he has to, you know, if the kids participate in sports and extracurriculars or not, Blake is responsible for it. So they reduced that two hundred and fifty eight thousand a month. They supposedly settled on it, right? You know, but I mean, even still, had they not, that's a brutal amount of that. You can't spend that kind of money on a child. Yeah, a man, month. that that's that's crazy, man. 
and and any any dude out there know and, and and like I said, like you said, no disrespect to the women, but even some of you women, if you're honest, you'll tell yourself, even if you get let's say three four hundred dollars a month for child support, you know, like us regular workers stiffs would pay, yeah, you're not spending that whole three four hundred dollars on that kid every month. You're you know, not. you might spend four hundred one month. The next month, you might just you know spend a hundred and fifty. Right. So fame. So. You, you kind of agree that the system should probably focus more on putting a percentage of what they're going to pay to somebody per the mother. Like if this is like if it's the mother that's filing and I and I, I don't want to, you know, act like, you know, guys only pay child support. There are some mothers out there that pay child support, too. It's just that it's not a high percentage no, of them. It's 90 percent men. But go ahead. You said what's the percentage? Like ninety percent, like eighty nine, ninety percent, somewhere around there. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But in in any case, I think the person who is filing to get child support, that percentage should be based off of that person's income and expenses. I I couldn't agree more. And yeah, you know, I mean they take the yeah, like in my state, I'm sure it's similar to other states, Ohio. You know they take both uh people's incomes and do some type of formula that that a, that an average worker stiff can't figure out um and but yeah it should be solely based on the mom's income yep and the dad you are expected to contribute this much a month no matter how much i mean because um you know i mean don't get me wrong this might sound harsh mm-hmm. but i'm a big proponent of you if you can't breed them if you can't feed them don't breed them yeah there you go you know if you can't feed them don't breed them at you know like you said they're punishing the man. Yeah. You know, if he, he's if being he, punished. If, he, because... if, you, if you don't want to lay the eggs, don't spread the legs. Exactly. You know, he's being punished because now he's the one. Like I said, if you're a rare, you know, Blake Griffin, you know, uh, he's one of those rare cases where that child support, even though it's 258000 a month, if he would have had to pay that, it wouldn't have hurt him. Mm-hmm. He could still live a great, you know, celebrity lifestyle with it. Right. You right. know, uh, that's $3 million a year. I think, what what's he making? Probably over twenty a year. You know, with his NBA contract, probably, yeah, like twenty one. a year, yeah, yeah. But again, I don't mind if Blake wants to, or any other athlete for that matter. I don't mind if they want to give their kids, if they're infants, newborns, toddlers, you know, fifty thousand dollars a month. I I don't mind right. that, right? As long as if they have the ability to just give it to them directly. Mm-hmm. Then that's cool. Like if they're gonna, exactly. you know, put it in a a college fund or whatever fund that's, you know, until they turn eighteen, they could do what they want with it. I, I don't mind that, but the the fact that they have to go through this, they have to go through this because the mother filed, and now oh, we're gonna base it off of his income, and he mm-hmm. makes a lot of guap. So guess what? You gonna get five figures a month, and I'm like. This is this and is it, this is another example of the the system trying to degrade the black man. Oh, absolutely. And you know, like I said, like me, you know, when I got my child support order, I was making this was 2003, my daughter was born 2002, so this was 2003ish. I'm um you know, making less than 30 grand a year. They tell me I got to pay 400 a month. How do I have to, you know, you know, so that that's coming out automatically. I can't even rearrange bills around it. 
because it's coming out automatically. Yep. So I'm not even seeing it. So what did I have to do? I had to go pick up another job. Yeah. And that interfered with my visitation time. And you know, because I, I had to work. And I've you know worked. What I'm so I was like, what the hell? Right. And I and I've worked in payroll before, and I've mm-hmm. seen how large these garnishments can be. Like a guy's exactly. check can be fifteen hundred, and that garnishment could be about seven fifty, eight hundred dollars. And I'm mm-hmm. like, and I'm like, whoa! Like this dude not even making bank, and he's getting like fifty percent of his check cut because of child support. And see, and and again, this is gonna sound harsh again, and you're gonna probably disagree on the surface, but I'm gonna save it for detail for when he gets out because you know I don't know if you know this or not, mm-hmm. but Ray Caruth. Gets out in about two and a half months. He gets out in about two and a half months. And all I'm going to say is I would have never done what he did. He took one for the team. But I understand. He was trying to protect his assets. You know, he he offered that woman 50 grand to go away. She didn't want to take it. So he spent the 50 grand, the 50 grand elsewhere. Filthy grand. That was a a Freudian slip there. Uh You know, he spent it. He spent it elsewhere. You know, know, he asked her, hey, leave me out of this. You were a practice girl. I don't fuck with you like that. Uh, Ray Caruth need to worry I mean, about I, Ray Caruth when he no, gets it out. Is, like I said, it is a yeah. He's got to make sure he gets home. Like he's got about two and a half months. Yeah, but you know, all I'm saying is I understand. I would have never done that. Mm-hmm. You know, I would have never you know you know had my baby mama killed or nothing like that or tried to anything like that. Intimidated nothing. But when you look at the whole story. I understand. Like, I, I understand where you're coming from, bro. You shouldn't have done it, but I get it. I get what you were trying to do. You know, yeah, I'm I, I'm not going to say I ain't mad at you. Yeah, well, I'm, you know, it's some bullshit, but mm-hmm. I get it, bro. You know, that he was trying to protect his money. How about you some, know, back then. Ahead, how, how, how about some perspective for you? Uh, Clutch Hawk Sports in the chat says, Blake Griffin's baby mama will make more money this season than Tony Parker. Ha! That's wild. That that's she gonna make more money than Isaiah Thomas is with the Nuggets, right? And all she did was throw it back. All she yeah, and that's dude. That's what niggas been saying on social media. Dudes was like, yo, like all she did was you know part of my French, but all she did was take some dick and have a baby. Right, right. I mean, don't get it <laughs> twisted. Now let's not get it twisted. She got a brother who's a professional athlete. She yes. played Division One college basketball. So she already already had bread. Well, yeah, and plus, like I said, she played Division One college basketball, so she's got good genes. Mm-hmm. You know that you know if you're trying to you know breed some athletes, but I just I'm like ah, that's just too damn much. There should be a national cap on child support a month. It, it does not take it, it, it does, even a fifteen thousand that liners paying for one. That's still too much, right? Right. You know what I'm saying? It's not. It's you know, like the like they used to say, it's child support, yeah. not host support. If I, if I gotta if I, if I'm filthy rich and I gotta pay that much for child support, I would rather her just not file for it. I could give right. that to him by myself. Right. Exactly. I you know I can I can you know give you you know yeah I'll gladly pay your rent, keep your lights on for you, but the rest of it I'm putting up for the kids for when they turn eighteen they can do what they want with it. College fund. Uh, go 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 hiking in Europe, you know, for for a couple years, do what they want with it. But that type of money does not need to be funneled through somebody, you know, because when the kids turn eighteen, they find out, you know, they ain't got a, you know, they can't even pay for college. They like, mm-hmm. well, you know, they go, well, dad was giving you almost three hundred thousand a month. What were you doing for eighteen years? Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, yeah, so crazy. That, that's just yeah. That, that I'm telling you, that type of stuff it breeds contempt. 
for, you know, when you when you put a father in a bad spot. Like I said, Brad, Blake, Blake Griffin, he's an exception to the rule. He could have afforded it, even if it was at that amount that they, you know, that they that was ordered and reported. But like I said, I, I heard that they settled. Mm-hmm. But he, you know, he would have been all right. But working stiffs like you and I, you know, you take some of our money, it's like, you know, now we got to get a second job. Right. Well, to see my kids on the weekend, uh, you know, I got to pay a babysitter because I got to work an extra shift just to keep, you right. know, just to keep a look. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, and and don't have any vices in that, like a tricking habit or a weed habit. You you in real trouble. Yeah. All I'm you asking is base the percentage on the person that's filing and not the yeah. person that you're going after. And consider how much else she's else is getting in child support. You know, she's already getting fifteen from dude. Right. That's her total for the three kids. Like, okay, you already getting fifteen from him. We gonna cut liners down to seventy five hundred, and Blake gonna give you another seventy five hundred, and that's it. Mm-hmm. You don't need no more than that to raise a kid. Yep. You know, you using this for yourself. They're not supposed to put a a roof over your head. You supposed to do that yourself. Mm-hmm. I want to read you know, you... one more um, comment in the chat, and then we, you know, we could put this conversation to bed. Um, Angry black man says. If we're being 100, the child support system is another vehicle that has been used to destroy the black family and destroy the black man. And that's the point I was trying to make earlier when I was on my um, when I was doing my opening about that. When I listened to Dr. Umar's comments on the Breakfast Club last year, talking about black men back in the 60s and 70s that had trades. And once they got rid of those trades for and those opportunities, then drugs hit the streets and there was no other option but to get drugs well, and sell them. Uh, you know, I, today was the, I mean, I'm sure he's been in there before, but the, today was the first day I really noticed uh, Jungle Brother in the chat, chat room. Uh-huh. Shout out to him. Uh, but he's exactly right, because think about it. Like I told you, I went through that family court situation. Mm-hmm. White judge, white guardian ad litem, mm-hmm. you know, white clerk. Right. Everybody in there is white, you know, and, you know, and then, you know, we're in there. You understand what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, these states complaining about how much money they got. You, if you come up with a universal child support system, yep, you can knock out, you know, a couple, half a million dollars a year off your state budget in, in every county just by eliminating family court and making it real simple. You know, if you have a baby, the dad's paying this much, you know, no matter what, you, you know, we're not going to, you know, obligate me to take care of you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not. This child support is not supposed to be a supplement for a failed relationship. Right. You, right. you understand? That's, so, that's the problem. And that's something that's mm-hmm. got to be fixed with the system. But, yeah, man, thanks for taking my call, brother. Always a pleasure to listen. Oh, no doubt, Fame. Appreciate you calling in, man. Uh, that was the homie Fame up at Prospect uh, calling right in. Uh, just want to send a couple of shots, shout-outs to some ladies here in the chat room. I see Angela here, and I also see Shelly Q. I appreciate you ladies joining the show. Um, was interested to get you ladies' takes on this situation. I don't see any comments regarding that for many of you, but um, uh, Angry Black Man's got a comment about this. He says, black woman and man have issues in their relationship. She is told, girl, go put him on those papers. Now the man is out of the home and his check is getting raided so much that often he is damn near working for free. The child is often left with no father figure in the home. The man is struggling to live, and this cycle keeps repeating itself. Colonizers set this up as another vehicle to destroy the black family. Amen, brother, to that. And and that's why we had to have this conversation, because 
some awareness needed to be brought to this, you know, uh, and uh, again, this is no disrespect to the ladies um, that are trying to get care for their children. And, you know, but like Fame said, you, you can't use child support as a supplement for additional income. It's, it's additional income that's supposed to be best suited for the benefit of the kids. And, you know, and, and it's, it's benefit, it's benefiting the women more than it is the kids and the man in this situation. So, um, hopefully more awareness needs to be brought to light on this situation. Um, hopefully, you know, there'll be some rallies about this, some outcry, maybe, maybe some changes in the works. I, I don't know, but I'm, I'm not going to bet money on that. Um, just want to see if there's anything else here in the chat. Uh, folks wanted to talk about, uh, looks like, um, uh, oh, the end of the bench podcast was, what's up, Brian? Uh, he says that's some BS 285,000. You better hire someone to let the baby <laughs> shit in the person's hand. <laughs> it's crazy though. Right, Brian is, it, it, it's crazy, man. I mean, it, it's just, again, the famous 50 cent line. Have a baby by me, baby. Be a millionaire. Those words aren't much truer than what they are. That's exactly what's happening right now. Uh, Angela says, uh, stress off the mom is great for the kids. Um, (laughs) Shelly Q says, if they are made to give that type of bread, it should go into a trust for the kid. Then the mom can use for kids' needs. Clothing, extracurricular activities, education, etc., etc. Um, Shelly Q, I agree with that. Um, here's the thing, and I'll, I'll harp on this again. Um, I don't mind if male athletes, or if you're a male for that matter, and you live a you know normal life, if you make two hundred thousand dollars a year versus you know the guy that makes twenty million a year, I don't mind that a guy wants to have the same desire for his children to live the same lifestyle that he's living. I don't mind that part about it. It's just that if the man can do that, then just let him do that directly and not have to go through court to give it to the mother to then give to disperse between child and herself and whatever other things that are taking place. Um, The system just has to, you know, find a way to benefit more the children than the parents. I mean, in, in this situation, again, take the percentage of the mother's income and expense and, and, and see if any gradual change comes of that. I, I, I would work on it that way. Um, let me see here. Um, Jungle brother. He says, kids having a father in the house is paramount. All these stress-free moms go to prisons visiting their gang-banging kids. <laughs> Uh, but it's not a laughing matter, but I mean, that, that's, it's, it's a true reality in this country and, and too many of us, um, us being, you know, too many black men are incarcerated and it's just not a good look for our culture. Um, definitely some change needs to be made there. So, um, I'm going to wrap the show up. Uh, just want to give a few shout outs. Oh, but before I do that. Um, and I, and I, again, I'll, I'll kind of reset this show, um, to wish Mocha Bella a happy birthday. 
want to dedicate this part of the segment to her because she's Jamaican. Um, Jamaican Independence Day was yesterday, so I wanted folks to um, let me know what their who their best Jamaican musician is, the best Jamaican entertainer, their best Jamaican athlete, and their best Jamaican fictional character. And I didn't even give mine yet. Um, and, and quite frankly, I don't even think I saw anybody give theirs in the chat yet either. And maybe this might not be a good topic, but I'll go ahead and rattle off who my Jamaican sort of icons are. I guess I'll, I guess I'll call them Jamaican icons in, uh, in honor of Mocha Bella's birthday here. Um, my best Jamaican athlete of all time is Patrick Ewing. And yes, I'm a diehard Knicks fan, but um, Patrick Ewing, um, believe it or not, wore his country on his sleeve quite a lot, um, you know, during his playing days. Um, born and raised in Jamaica, you know, came to the States, played for Georgetown, um, Hall of Fame player, didn't get the ring, but um, Patrick Ewing, to me, um, when you when you, when you you think about you know, the famous Jamaican athletes in this country. Um, I know Usain Bolt is one of them, but I would have to say Patrick Ewing for my list there. Um, my favorite musician, my favorite Jamaican musician. Um, I could go two ways here. I mean, I, I, and I know the popular pick is going to be Bob Marley. Shout out to the great Bob Marley. Um, I'm going to go heavy D here. Um, and, and I don't, I don't think there's many people that knew that heavy D was of Jamaican descent or, or actually he was born in Jamaica and came to the States, I think when he was like four or five years old or something like that. But, um, heavy D did put out a Jamaican album, like later, later in his career, like closer toward the time of his death. And, um, and even like earlier on in his career, there were like little instances, lines that you could tell that, oh, he was of Jamaican descent or Caribbean descent, um, you know, with the accents sometimes. And so, um, you know, him being one of my favorite rappers, you know, old school, I'd, I'd, I'd have to put him as, you know, my, my, my best Jamaican musician. Um, my favorite Jamaican fictional character I have to go with Lennox or Lennox from Belly. If you folks remember the movie Belly, and, and it's funny, ironic, because that movie came on over the weekend. Um, Lennox was obviously he was the only Jamaican guy in the movie, but um, his his one of his famous lines was, um, you want to test me? Come on. He's like, I killed for fun. I'm the real Jamaican Dandara. That, that was one of the famous lines in that movie. And then, you know, if, if you saw the movie, obviously, you know what happened to him after that moment. He, he got his throat slit and that was all she wrote. So um, as far as Jamaican entertainers go, actors, actresses, I would. I, oh, no. As far as Jamaican fictional characters, I would go with Lennox from the movie Belly. And then uh, finally, my best Jamaican actor slash actress. Um, and Mocha Bella mentioned it earlier in the show. Um, Cheryl Lee Ralph, who played Moesha's mom, you know, from Moesha on the TV show back in the day. Um, she still looks great. Like she hasn't aged. Um, 
she's a great actress. Um, she's done a lot of stage plays, and I think she's still doing some stuff. Like, I still think she's doing some television things um, out there as well. So, um, so you know, shout out to Cheryl Lee Ralph. I think she, when you think of, you know, Jamaican entertainers in this country, actresses or actors, I, I, I think of her, like, right off the bat. So, you know, shout out to her for that much. Uh, let me see what the chat room's got to say here. Uh, RC says, I was a huge Ewing fan going all the way back to his Georgetown days. Yep, that's what's up. Uh, oh, uh, Shaka, what's up, man? Uh, that dude Shaka repping the X Squad. He's in the chat room. What's, what's going on, man? Uh, he says, with Trey saying give the money directly to the child, the children, somehow, somewhere, an agreement has to be made between the father and the mother. Appreciate the feedback. Yeah, I mean, th- and, and, and that's the point I was making is why involve the system when. If the guy, I mean, and and obviously the guy has to not be a deadbeat dad for this to happen. But if he really wants his children to live the same lifestyle that he's living, then he's going to give the you know money directly to his child. Whether that be via put it in a trust fund, the college fund, or whatever account that's going to accrue interest. By the time the kid turns 18, then the kid can do what he wants with it once he turns 18. Um... Jungle Brother says, my top five centers, one, Kareem, two, Wilt, three, Russell, Ewing, four, five, Olajuwon. Yeah, that's that's not a bad list right there. I mean, I feel like you're leaving somebody out, like that's an honorable mention. You said Kareem, Wilt, Russell, Ewing, Olajuwon. Who else was a great center back in the day? Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's slipping on me there. It's, it's really slipping on me. Uh, Michael Snackson, a.k.a. Fame, says, Best Jamaican character is the Mighty Quinn. Um, Angry Black Man says, Patrick Ewan, one of my five favorite New York Knicks. Um, let me see who else is up in here. Um, Michael Snackson again. Most of Mount Vernon is Jamaican or Caribbean. Mount Vernon, New York. Yes. Yes, you, you absolutely, uh, well, I, I, I'm not sure about that. I mean, I'm not a Mount Vernon guy or a, an upstate guy. I'm more, you know, a Brooklyn, Queens kind of guy. And, you know, in Brooklyn, it's, you know, especially the Flatbush area, it's pretty much all island, Caribbean, you know, massive. Um, so I'm, I'm not familiar with Mount Vernon all that well. But I, but I, I think you make a good point because um, Pete Rock, who is the legendary producer who's also from Mount Vernon is of Jamaican descent as well. So I could, you know, I I could definitely see Mount Vernon being an area that's predominantly Jamaican, you know, or, or a Caribbean or Caribbean descent. Uh, Shelly Q says, uh, musician Barrington Levy. Whoa, swing. I forgot, I forgot about Barrington Levy. Yeah, especially when he did the joint with Shine, and he's and I've listened to a couple of his songs on his CD. He's he's yeah, Barrington Levy. Yeah, that's a good mention right there. Um, Michael Snackson says standard shocker based on income under under fifty thousand equals three hundred a month, and go fifty dollars a month per every five thousand you make. Um, ABM, my favorite Knicks ever: Patrick Ewing, Bernard King, Michael Ray Richardson, Charles Oakley, and John Starks. Um, born in 71, so I didn't put Willis Reed and Walt Clyde 
N, former great at SIU, my alma mater. That's what's up. Um, Jungle Brother says ABM, no Larry Johnson. Um, RC says ABM, I'm still mad at Starks for his performance in Game 7 versus Houston. I'm mad at Charles Smith for the Charles Smith Memorial. I, I think, what year was that? I think that was 1993 against the Bulls. I'm, I'm still mad at Charles Smith for that. <laughs> you know, you want to talk about uh, past failures of the Knicks. That definitely is toward the top there. Hey, folks, I just want to thank everybody in the chat that came out to uh, listen to me do this thing for Dolo tonight. Um, just a special um, special shout out to Mocha Bella. Happy birthday once again. Um, you truly deserve all the praise you've gotten earlier today. And whoever you're out with tonight, make sure y'all get it in. Make sure he puts you to sleep really well, and you have a great day tomorrow. Um, also, shout out to everybody in the chat room here, uh, especially the X-Squad affiliates up in here. Um, shout out to the homie Coach B from the Bridging the Gap podcast for uh, joining me for this interview. It was, a, it was a great interview. Chat room got into it with him. He got back into it with the chat room. It was it was good energy, um, fun-loving. It was, it was all good. It was all good. Um, just a few reminders, folks, before I get off the air, um, make sure y'all check us out on our social media outlets. Um, we got the Facebook page. We also got the Instagram page at Barbershop Sports Talk Podcast. We also have our YouTube channel, which you make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. We got videos that we do that we upload from our previous shows and different segments. So make sure y'all check that out. Um, also we're on Twitter at barbershop S P O R two. And if you got any questions or comments about the show, you want to get on, uh, if you want to get on and do an interview or you have any comments, just like my brother did earlier, just hit us up on the email at barbershop sports talk one at gmail.com. And last but not least, make sure y'all check out our website. It's a beautiful website. I might add, uh, www.barbershop sportstalkpodcast.com we got all our videos on there we have a blog page and we also have a contacts list so if you want to get on our subscription list make sure y'all go to the contacts page and just go right there and enter in your information and I'll make sure that you get on the email listing for every show that we do live and then also for any other events that we may have coming up um, we want to make sure we keep you in tune as well and then on our home page if you missed a segment or you want to catch an on-demand show, you go right to the home page. we got a catalog of our episodes. Whichever one you want, just click on it right there, and it'll take you right to it. So uh, that's it for the show, folks. I'm Trey Frazier signing off here. Uh, Maestro hopefully will be back with me next week so we can continue to do this thing. And uh, the NFL uh, season is upon us, so... I uh, guess we're going to start doing our top five, you know, positions and things like that. Pause. Top five wide receivers, running backs, quarterbacks, defense, offensive line, all that good stuff. So, folks, y'all have a good week. Y'all enjoy the weekend, and we'll be back. Peace. Yo, what's good? This is Trey Frazier. This is the Barbershop Sports Talk Podcast. Discover the new 3-Step Pro Partial Range, specifically designed to clean your partials and remaining teeth in three simple steps. Clean your partial, strengthen your natural teeth, protect your whole mouth. Stand up to further tooth loss with Polident Pro Partial, available at Walmart. 
been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. 